Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Welcome to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Brickyard. Fantastic to have your company for this, the penultimate race in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. The 10 hours of Motul Patilamon to come. But here we're fighting it out over three foot three of bricks. That is what the winners in each of the classes will be kissing at the end of the two hours and 40 minutes. Hello, everybody. It's John Hindorf in the IMSA Radio and IMSA TV team coming to you and bringing you all of the live action from this 14 corners, two and a half mile circuit. Action areas at turn one and turn seven, high breaking points there. And there's been plenty of action there throughout the weekend so far. Also, as we're running backwards on the oval, down from turn two in the short suit, shoot as you break down uh, to turn 12 and then side by side is possible for the run to the line through turn 14. Big crowd on hand. It has been absolutely packed down in the pit lane just a few moments ago in our Michelin countdown to green. Shea Adam um, posing that philosophical question. If you can't see the pavement and the cars and the grid, do they actually exist? Well, they do, and they are rolling out of pit lane now. I'm John Hindoff in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. Thank you for taking some time uh, on this Sunday, just after 7 o'clock in Europe, 6 o'clock in the UK, and we are ready to get this race started. Jeremy Shaw and Shay Adam with me, and here are our count, uh, here are Porsche keys to the race, with all of the cars having left the pit lane. Nimble on your strategy. Jeremy and I, we're talking about this in our Michelin Countdown to Green, and we'll be awarding our BDO Nose Strategy Award before the end of the race to the team that we think have affected their race most positively by playing the right strategic cards. Have to be a bit patient at certain parts of this circuit. It is only one car wide, even though we've got big pace differentials and trying to force the matter could end in tears for you or the people who you are trying to pass. The tyres or the fuel, is that going to be the stint length determinant? We really kind of don't know. The teams are playing their cards close to their chest in that respect. And we have had some long runs during the qualifying but the tyre degradation does not seem, the tyre wear does not seem to be a major fast, fa- a facet here and factor to what is going on. So probably what we're going to see is the guys pushing those Michelin tyres as hard as possible and trying to keep track position, particularly in your pit stops. It's very easy to go a lap down here with a lap time at the front of the field that is only just over 70 seconds a minute and 12 a minute and 13 seconds then it is uh, possible to go a lap down in green flag pit stops and you know what that can have what effect that can have if you time that the wrong way round just more to come after this one the championships 
are still very much up for grabs, although in GTD, uh, in the overall, in the Sprint Cup, uh, it's all very uh, very much leaning towards the number one of Madison Snow, who starts on pole position with uh, Brian Sellers, Paul Miller Racing, looking to clean up uh, this year again. They've already won a record-breaking five races in 2023, even when they won the championship in years past they haven't won five races on this season in GTD Pro Klaus Backler will start on pole for FAF Motorsport right alongside Madison Snow they'll be side by side the BMW and the Porsche in LMP3 Junior 3 Racing have locked out the front row with Bijoy Garg and Nolan Siegel LMP2 two of the Guys that have been battling all season, Ben Keating and PR1 Matheson Motorsport, the wins 52 cars alongside George Kurtz for CrowdStrike Racing by Algarve Pro Racing back in the series, already committed to that for next year. Both of those drivers, although whilst George is staying with CrowdStrike by APR for a full season, Ben Keating is heading to a new two-car effort by United Autosports USA, multi-championship winning team from Europe and uh, Le Mans winners as well in category. The team from Yorkshire are heading to the Carolinas and uh, teaming up with Junior 3 Racing and will be running their US component of their season from there. In GTP, it's another full team lockout on the front row of the grid. Matt Jamanier and Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell taking pole position uh, from his teammate, the seven from the six, the two Penske Porsche 963s that have undoubtedly found more performance since we saw them really perform, underperform at Le Mans. And out of all the manufacturers, I think they were probably the most disappointed at what happened at Le Mans, but they have been testing and testing and testing and they have tried a lot of different setups on those cars to help with uh, particularly rear tyre wear they've found a balance that they like in the last couple of races in the World Endurance Championship, that information's been passed over here and they've locked out the front row Take a deep breath and let's get ready to race, 2 hours and 40 minutes on the the clock and the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship has a green flag. The timing pylon goes green and we are racing down to turn one for this split start with the prototypes round the outside for Sebastian Bourdais. Can he get his braking right in the gold-fronted machine? The pole sitter goes long and Matt Campbell has seeded the front row and there's a spin behind him. And that was Sebastian Bourdais. And he's going to be right at the back of the GTP and LMP2 field, LMP2 and 3 field, as he rejoins. Question will be, is there any damage to that gold-fronted Cadillac, which started in fourth position? Mathieu Jaminet in the number six car is in the lead. And, oh, an untidy start for the GTs. At least one car out of line there as they came through, but Madison Snow has converted pole position into a lead at the first corner. The start, as is always the way, is under review. It is uh, is the BMW of Madison Snow from Klaus Backler. Shea Adam down on the pit wall was watching that GT start. Who did you see, Britt Rankshire? back is number 97 Chandler Hull has gone awry uh, with bodywork actually now askew as well but because that green flag came out and because it was Paul Miller Racing 
who took the green flag and got it first. I can do my first interview of the race and say congratulations to the two-time sprint champion, Paul Miller. Paul, congratulations on another sprint championship. It's official now. Is it really? It is. You guys have been the first team to win two sprint championships in this season as we've gone to full course yellow. No one has done two sprint championships, but because you took the green flag, you've now done it again. Congratulations. Really? That's fantastic. Um, well, how about the championship? That's where the focus goes now, right? Good luck for the rest of the race, Paul. <laughs> well, thanks. He's going to take advantage, then he gets nudged around by one of the BMWs. I think that was Philip So there's our first championship of the year. Uh, big damage, I think, on that Cadillac. Uh, came round the outside and didn't get, didn't get the pass made. And in fact, got turned around. Uh, was turned around by uh, Jeremy. Was that the uh, the It was a Philip Eng, was it? Okay, yeah, it was Philip, the BMW. I th saw the yeah. white fronted car. Yeah, that was Philip Eng who uh, got in. I mean, look, the, 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 here's a look at the uh, the replay of the turn one. Well, sort of. What happened here? We switched switched around. There's some a uh, little bit of well, nine, nine seven car just got a bit sideways there, and and uh, I think Sheila Monk was able to avoid that car spinning on to the inside. But yeah, that was really a messy start for GTP. I guess one of the other Michelin keys to the race we should, should have talked about, John. But uh, it's 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 a factor always in his in his GTP cars. We've got these much more durable tyres this season that are designed to last longer, but because of that, they take longer to heat up and get up to proper optimal temperatures. I think a few guys just got a bit greedy down there in turn one, and uh, the pole sitter got in a bit too deep. He ran wide, and then there was sort of a concertina effect behind, as always happens at turn one here. It's, it's crazy. We, we talk about it every, every race here, whatever the, the formula or categories are, and it always seems to happen. But uh, that was just a sort of kind of concertina movement there. And, you know, there were various innocent victims. Uh, certainly Sebastian Bourdais, that was not of his making at all. He got a, a tag, I think, from Philip Eng. And uh, the number 10 Acura, the championship leading car, was kind of caught up in that as well. I think it was able to continue. And before we go back to green, we will have, we will have a, a, a complete reset of the field. So the categories, each of the classes are all separated. Well, not separated physically, but... Each of the classes will be together uh, when we get to, to the restart. So the, the field will shuffle itself straight again. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais has brought number 0-1 cut into the pits. Here he comes. A lot of damage on that right front. But hopefully it's just a front, front uh, body work that will be able to change. It's his emergency service uh, for the 0-1 car. Uh, yeah, they'll be only be allowed to change the nose. No other work allowed to be done. No fuel, no tyres. And then they will have to come back in when we go back to green. Uh, if there's a tyre damage, they could change that. They're just checking around the rest of the car. In fact, I think they have changed a right rear wheel, white uh, right rear wheel and tyre, and a new nose. But they will have to come back in when we go green and serve a drive-through. Now, it's, this is good, I suppose, that it's happened at the start of the race. And Borte then back out. Definitely got a clip from behind, though, Jeremy, to set that in motion down at turn one. There was bits of GT car. 
bits of a GT car lying about on the circuit as well. And we'll have to work out and find out uh, if there's going to be any uh, any penalties for that. Yeah, it was uh, a very, very messy start indeed, uh, which was kind of predictable, I suppose, but uh, a shame nonetheless. Um, and look, uh, you know, it's, it's a long, long race, so Bourdais now will be able to uh, take up position at the rear of the GTP field for the restart. The GTP cars will line up ahead of the LMP2s, ahead of the LMP3s, ahead of all the uh, GT, GT cars, which will not be split amongst pros and, um, and non-pro. They will be as they are, all the GT cars. But uh, then, as you say, John Hundolf, the number 01 car will have to come in and serve a penalty after that. But if he's at the front, towards the front of the field, he should be able to make that stop and to get back out again without losing a lap. 14 corners with the chicane. And just on two and a half miles, the version of the track that we are using. Hello to Steve Tadman and to Jam and uh, to Jerry Z all tuning in from around the world live in sound and vision no subscription required if you're outside the US also on XM207 this weekend as always on one of the XM channels if you're in the US and you are so equipped uh, you can pick us up on the XM platform uh, at IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us here in the Global Broadcast Centre and of course if you're at the track tell your friends uh, that they can tune in on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. That's where they can find him. So Radio, no blocks, no breaks, uh, no interruptions, and no subscriptions. Yeah, so the BMW that originally spun round Sebastian Bourdais, and then the number 60 Acura of Tom Blomqvist came on the scene and had to pretty much stop to avoid. Hmm. No, maybe it yeah. was. Yeah. Had to pretty much stop to avoid the spinning Cadillac, I think. No, it was yeah. it was the 60 that turned him round. It was the 60 that turned him round. It was uh, my... Well, I think the 10 got into the 60 okay. and the 24 was around the outside, I think. Yeah, was, uh, you might be right there, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Uh, very, you know, very similar to the uh, start excitement that we've had over the last few races back at the WeatherTech Raceway. People going very hard at the first corner, no... Uh, no tyre blankets or warmers here in IMSA, so you do have to pick your brake points slightly differently from if if you were on a flying lap. And these are very experienced drivers, and that's a bit unnecessary at the start of the race. But we understand the helmet goes on, the red mist comes down. Right now, the field all together here, but at least starting in single file. No split between the categories here. The GTPs have been allowed to go at the front, but everyone else just in line of stern. And Matthew Jaminer, who took the lead after his front row starting teammate went a little bit wide, will restart. And the number six Porsche goes through to restart. It was already side by side. Nick Yellily and Philip Eng, the two BMWs, fighting it out for third and fourth, 24 and 25. They cycle in. 
again in single file into the first corner. And a decent restart, I think, there from everybody concerned. As Ricky Taylor puts in the fastest lap, first really quick flying lap. He's down in 10th position, that car off the road this morning. A very bizarre incident at the uh, gap between 7 and 8. He just spun up the back wheels uh, on his second lap around. The grass was very wet and he slid sideways into the wall, did some damage to the bodywork and to the right rear suspension. That car missed the rest of morning warm-up, but it's out there now, so we'll keep an eye. They've only had the laps to the grid to work out whether they've got that car sorted out. And an early pit caller uh, for Shea Adam to tell us about. It was Gar Robinson coming into the pit lane, taking on fuel and four new sticker Michelin tires. Now, he did have an off in the uh, qualifying session. That resulted in the car needing to be mostly rebuilt for the race today. But now the car has resumed, and Gar Robinson is off with some fresh rubber to fight up against the rest of the field. And a problem for the number 96 BMW getting on the grass whilst uh, battling that Turner Motorsport car, battling with the Lamborghini. And that's resulted in a lot of time loss. And in comes Faf. This was the car that started on pole position for the GTD Pro. Now this is a drive-through for changing lanes at the start of the race. And my goodness me, there was a big move. We mentioned that uh, at the time, and Shea Adam spotted it before the line as they were trying to uh, block the WeatherTech AMG car. Um, maybe just a little bit of uh, forgetfulness from Klaus Backler and Faf Motorsport, but that's cost them, Jeremy, a lot of real estate. It has, yeah. I mean, not the sort of mistake uh, factory drivers should be making, quite frankly. They should know the rules inside and out. And he's been doing the, it. It's his first year in a championship, but he's been here all year. Uh, and uh, he should know the rules by now. You're not allowed to uh, change lanes before the start-finish line. And he clearly did that. So he's going to get a penalty. That's going to be very, very costly. I mean, all the GT cars, and there's lots of them here. There's 22 of them in total. Uh, they're all very closely matched. So it's good. first of all, he's going to catch them. There'll probably be another full-course caution at some stage would enable him to do that most likely unfortunately but uh, then he's got to pass them all that's going to be more difficult a lot of blur fans uh, watching the TV feed in the States with uh, IMSA Radio turned up as I know many of you do at IMSA Radio if you're doing that let us know we'll give you uh, your uh, just rewards for that hopefully we'll uh, be able to keep in touch with all of the action uh, as we go through the race right turn lover in the middle of Europe, tuned in at coming up to half past seven in the evening. Truly international audience for IMSA, International Sports Car Championship, of course, the National Motorsports Association. There's plenty of the eyes of international with their eyes on this championship this year and even more, I suspect, next year the opening laps beginning to settle down now with still at the front of the field those two Porsches carving out a decent run and yeah the second sorry Jerry go ahead the, the second of those cars is is a quicker one at the moment it's uh, Matty Campbell the Paul Sidder 
and made that mistake. He's been the quicker on each of the last couple of laps. He's got the fastest lap of the race so far, far at 1 minute 15.5. But, uh, you know, it does take time to get the uh, these tyres uh, optimal temperatures and pressures to where they need to be to really turn fast lap times. We've done, what, three, this is the third flying lap now, plus uh, several pace laps as well, including the uh, safety car laps. So now I think we're getting the, the true pace of these cars. 15.5 then for Maddie Campbell, and already three seconds clear of the BMWs, which lead the pack behind. And the number zero one car has been in to serve its, uh, its penalty. Um, Oops, spin, and, Jeremy, uh, for the number 15 AMG. It's the yellow and blue Lord Star machine. Oh, that's teammate. And has gone round again on the infield. Yeah, it's going to uh, Anton Diaz Pereira started that car. And he hasn't managed to get. This is down at one of the action areas we've been talking to and talking about coming through turn 12 in the 13, and he's just lost it on the exit. Uh, I've just seen Sheena Monk in the pit lane. That was incident responsibility for the incident that crashed with number 97. We've got the number 30 LMP3 that has gone around. That was Nolan Siegel from second place and a front row start for Junior 3 Racing. So just as we've seen all through the week so far, Jeremy, very difficult for people to get themselves in the rhythm early on. Yeah, I mean, gosh, how many... Probably easier to count the number of cars that haven't been involved in the incident so far in the first eight laps of this race. But uh, out in front, we've got two Porsches pulling serenely away now from the BMWs who are being pursued by, Alexander, by Jimmy Bruni uh, and Alexander Sims. So Jimmy Bruni in that Proton competition Porsche, he's worked his way up from uh, ninth on the grid to, to fifth. Uh, and really had a people to run. And then a bit of a gap back to Tom Blumkers, who seems to be struggling at this stage. I'm not sure whether it's just um, the fact that he hasn't got, yet got full confidence in those uh, Michelin tyres, or whether he has a problem after that incident at Turn 1. Uh, another car into the pit lane. This is the number 24. And the BMW... Is this another penalty? So have they been given incident? No, they are pitting. I, I hadn't seen a penalty from them. I'll just check. Uh, we, we have got a, a penalty for the number 78. Uh, Misha Goldberg. Goldberg, excuse me, in the 40 Lamborghini. That was for the incident with the turn of BMW. Sheer Adam was watching the BMW. They gave him fuel to punish the energy and change the right front tire, put a new scrubbed Michelin on. Now, they only have three sets of Michelin between qualifying and the race, so that's coming out of their allocation from another set of tires. Oh, boy. They do have, I think it's, there's a, a pair, isn't there? They do have two spares. Um, oh, no, they've only got three sets of tires, haven't they? Three, fours of 12, that's right. Uh, in terms of what they're allowed from the start of qualifying onwards. So that it means they're going to have to mix and match for the rest of the race. Two Porsches now into the GT traffic as they lead the race. Philip Eng. 
rejoined for BMW. In the classes, Bijoy Garg leads from Alexander Karebe for Performance Tech, 29 from 38 in LMP2 with Anthony Mantella in third for AWA. It's George Kurtz who's got ahead of Ben Keating uh, in the Battle of the Bronzes. 0-4 CrowdStrike racing by Algarve Pro Racing ahead of PR1 Matheson, the wins 52 car, and Rodrigo Salas for TDS in the 35 in third. In GTD, Madison Snow from pole position leads Shul Gunon, the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes coming through after that drive-through for Faf Motorsport. Mick Grenier for Team Courtoff in the 32 Mercedes is third. And the top six made up by Jack Hawksworth for Vassar Sullivan in their pro car, the 14. Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing in the number three car. That's the battle for the championship. Go ahead, Jeremy, sorry. Heavy traffic right now for the uh, GTP cars to negotiate, but these Porsches uh, still three seconds clear. There's another spin from Anton Diaz Pereira. He's having a tough time, isn't he? In that Lone Star Mercedes, that's a shame. Um, but, um, oh, we've got. Ooh, what happened there? I think that was. Is Which that. Is... Yeah, here's a change of lead, position for the lead now in LMP2. That's yeah, we've Kurt. talked about that already. That's a replay, yeah, Jeremy. Making a pass. Yeah, yeah so that's, down at uh, turn one. That's, yeah, that's the ninth position overall. That's a re- did, we see it, did we see it earlier on? No, but we, I, I did yeah. mention it in the rundown yes. there. Yeah, um, so now we know where it happened. Um, and uh, that was George in that Battle of the Bronzes, as we mentioned, and he's now set the fastest lap in that race. Ninth yeah. position uh, overall. Uh, and it was the 30 car spinning earlier on as well that we uh, we mentioned. And that was uh, giving up a, a, lo- a really good position, actually, from that car, which started on the front row for Nolan Siegel in the Junior 3 racing car. We've only had uh, 10 minutes, and we seem like we've had a race full of incidents already. Traffic management possibly should have been one of our keys to the race. I did say patience, but maybe that was the wrong word that we chose there as the GTPs for the first time here in race conditions. So all of these classes, in fact, are setting new race lap records this weekend. And so far, the best is a 119.0 for LMP2. As far as GTPs concerned, a 115.5, I'd expect... As the fuel burns off and the track temperature comes up a little bit, it's uh, sitting at uh, just 91 Fahrenheit at the moment, 35, uh, 33 Celsius. Air temperature, a pleasant 21 Celsius, 60, uh, 70 Fahrenheit. And side-by-side action with the privateer Porsche coming through for WeatherTech and Proton. They were having a good battle there with the number 31 uh, people Durrani driven whale and engineering Cadillac. Cadillacs haven't shown that much pace so far this week, Jeremy. No, they seem to, seem to have been uh, struggling just a little bit, although, you know, I mean, in, in qualifying, uh, Sebastian Bourdais was less than three tenths of a second off the pole sitting time, but um, overall, in the through the practice session, they haven't been quite on the pace of the Porsches. But um, that's a good, uh, it's been a good start there for Pippa Durrani. He's uh, worked his way up and then got past Jimmy Bruni there finally. So up into fourth position now, but already five seconds behind even Nick Yellowly in the in the, the BMW that was second of the BMWs. But the number 24 car is now working its way back up through the field of LMP3 cars. Uh, 
24 rejoined after that pit stop, so we think a puncture on that BMW. We're pretty spread out at the moment uh, through the uh, in the GTP ranks as they're working their way through this traffic. I mean, big knots of traffic there, big lots of GT cars as we expect. Actually, I would expect them to be a little bit closer, actually. It'll be closer later on um, when the um, all the pro drivers get to behind the wheel of these cars. There's some good dicing going on at the moment. Whoa, there's a big slide there for David Bruley in car number 92. Rodrigo Salas uh, coming under intense pressure from Dan Goldberg in the Tower Motorsport car. Salas in that number uh, 35, the uh, red and yellow car, as opposed to the yellow and red in number 11, the sister TDS car, right behind that uh, primary orange car of the Tower Motorsports. That's Dan Goldberg. He's been an LMP3 regular over the last several years, making his uh, toe in the water debut in the LMP2 this weekend. And he's been fast. He was quickest of the non pro drivers. Yeah, through the practice sessions. And he's putting a lot of pressure now on Rodrigo Salas, who had a tremendous run uh, last time out at Road America, where he was drafted into, ironically, that tire motorsport car at the last minute. Uh, this weekend, he had so much fun that, that Road America, he's uh, decided to get you get back into the LMP2 class here. He's a regular in Europe. As around goes uh, Dwight Merriman at turn 13. Uh, but Rodrigo Gasol is doing a nice job here, but under a lot of pressure from Dan Goldberg. That's numbers 35 and 8. Early running then with still 2 hours and 16 minutes to go. And well, we, can, we can say it's not been uneventful uh, so far. And just check to see if there was a little bit of assistance there to cause that spin. Mm, close yes. with the high-class racing car. Hard to see whether that was... On the ground, oh, there was a touch uh, earlier, actually, with the 18 uh, that pushed the high-class racing car off. So side-by-side -side action between uh, that TDS car and the high-class number 20. Uh, call that one, one way or the other. Race control have that work cut out there. Uh, let's go down and speak to some of the drivers who didn't take the start of the race. Trent Hinman is with Sheer Adam in the pit lane. Trent, you and the number 77 Volt Racing Porsche were the fastest car in morning warm-up. How difficult is it when these conditions are completely the opposite of what we had this morning? It is tough, but you've got to do the best you can to get a read and warm-up and try to make your best prediction on what, what direction the racetrack is going to go. So I think we did a good job of that. I think we had a good, good handle of that in mind this morning. But, of course, it's warm-up. You know, everybody's doing a different procedure, you know, betting in equipment, doing whatever. So take it with a grain of salt but i'm very confident in the race car that we have this weekend the right motorsports boys have done a ton of work since um since our last race at vir to to find a little bit more speed i think we certainly have found it um the name of the game i think today is staying clean and staying out of trouble and uh so far alan's doing a really nice job of that so it's a long race we'll keep marching our way forward good luck thank you Speaking of staying out of trouble, the number 20 high-class LMP2 car is in the pit lane with nose damage, but they've already used up one of their noses this weekend when they had contact with the Aero Motorsports prototype. Oops. Yeah, that was that side-by-side -side incident with the TDS uh, car that uh, left the TDS car facing in the wrong direction. Uh, but it does seem as though that they've uh, got some damage as well.
So that's a, a bit of racer tape going on to the front of that car in the pit lane. Have they got a new nose? That's the question. Uh, maybe they haven't. As I didn't think they did. I didn't think they had another new nose, but they do, and they have put it on, and now, after some issue trying to get it attached, they've dropped the car out the air jacks. Dennis Anderson going back out on the same Michelin. Minimum drive time for LMP2 is 60 minutes, so they'll have to be cognizant of that, and a lot for the time spent in the pit lane already, because that does not count towards drive time. Actually, it's the BMW that's had the racer tape put on its nose, uh, not that, uh, that car. Now the BMW is getting a new nose. Machi Jaminet by 1.8 seconds from Matt Campbell, the two Porsche works 963s, six from seven, lead the motor race by three seconds. By no means it is that a comfortable margin, Jeremy, but it's kind of okay uh, at this start at this point in the race. Two seconds between them, so they're not tripping over each other, and then another three seconds. Back to Nick Yellily, who is the best of the BMWs after the early problems for the 24 car. They're not tripping over each other at the moment, but the last lap they were. Uh, and it's the traffic here really does uh, split up the field. I mean, all of a sudden they were together, and now there's nearly two seconds between them again. So it's the, there's the ebbs and flows of traffic. You talked about it's part of the uh, countdown to green and uh, the Michelin keys to the race, or Porsche keys to the race, isn't it? That they, you know, traffic here is a major problem for these guys. They get knots of traffic and they get uh, held up in terms of lap times through one two three and four and also seven eight nine and ten uh, and it's uh, very easy to lose a fair bit of time that's exactly what happened uh, first of all on on a previous lap it was number six car that got held up and allowed the seven car to close in on the next lap it was the other way around and the number six car extended its lead again on the last lap around and now it's down to 1.1 seconds i mean the gap of last few sec last few laps was 2.5 uh, then it's down to less than a second and 1.8 and now 1.1. So, you know, big differences there. It's awfully difficult to turn consistent lap times here with the traffic as it is. Here's another car coming in to the pit lane. And this time it is the number 20 high-class car. Again, after that side-by-side -side contact with the TDS. And I think they've had... Um, another issue here, yes they have, they've been into the wall uh, after clipping the Kelly Moss Porsche, the red and white version of the Kelly Moss Porsche, and that's the 92 car, and then clipped the wall on driver's left, uh, not a high class start for high class racing, Jeremy. No indeed, and uh, there's, uh, there's all sorts of drivers, there's a, a pass for position there, that's for the lead, isn't it, in GTD with Mikkel Grenier finding a way past Madison Snow uh, down at turn seven. Also, I think uh, number 60 car must have had a problem last couple of laps. He's been struggling as a Tom Blunkers in this early season. He's just been passed, uh, it was passed a couple of laps ago by number five car of Van time in Vanderhelm. He's now been passed by Ricky Taylor. So Tom Blunkers in car number 60 back now in the uh, eighth position. And now the Sean Creese Motorsport car is the 
next machine to find the grass. This is Lance Wilsey. He was third in, uh, he was uh, eighth in LMP3, having started that car, and he's on the grass. We'll chalk another car that's had some problems well, yeah. in the early stages. Yeah, fair point, Jeremy. See if he gets back onto the racetrack, fighting their way back through the 0 1. Uh, uh, that BMW number 24 is having a horrid day. Back in again for the prototype. And since that early issue, they have been in a couple of times, put a new nose on. Uh, and Philip Eng is back into the pit lane. Shay Adam. You mentioned the 60 dropping back a few places, so I went up and checked in with Meyershank Racing regarding their Acura. The car is very difficult to drive due to that nose damage sustained in the turn once Schmazel began the race. They're telling Tom, stick it out. We're hoping for a yellow. If we get a yellow, we'll give you tires, but we'll also give you a new nose. So that's why he's just out there kind of hanging on at this point. Yeah, lots of people, including Uncle Kevin and uh, Alan Prosser and And Steve Tadman seeing the driving standards isn't good. And it looks like the caught off uh, Mercedes spun the 33 Sean Creech machine. So that's going to, I tell you what, Jeremy, it's going to be an awful lot of uh, race control sitting with their cups of coffee because there's a lot going on out there at the moment. The uh, 33 and 8 incident under review. Uh, 20 and 92 also. Uh, that was no further action, actually. It's interesting. Okay. Um, so we'll check to see if anything else uh, is happening. Also, no action <laughs> for the high class car and the TDS car. That was no action either. That side by side contact that did damage to both of those cars. Yeah, and there's been a change of lead again in LMP2. Ben Keating back ahead of George Kurtz again. Not quite sure how that happened. All of a sudden, he's about three seconds clear. Is Ben Keating in that 52 car for PR1 Mathis to most of us. They started on the pole position, so they're back in their, in their order from the start, those two. 52 car ahead of number 04. And then down Goldberg, Goldberg up into third position, having got past Rodrigo Salas. A few laps to go for Tamos, but the car number eight. And I spoke to Dan Goldberg uh, several weeks ago, and he was exploring opportunities to move into LMP2 next season, having done a nice job in LMP3 cars this season, and uh, is uh, not out of contention to win the VP Racing Challenge, Sports Car Challenge, uh, LMP3 uh, Championship as well. Uh, the final rounds will be at Mission Raceway Road Atlanta next month. Uh, but uh, a toe-in-the-water experience for him this weekend, Dan Goldberg from Florida, and he's doing a really, really nice job. Uh, hello to the prime supporter of the leading number six Porsche, the Porsche Penske Motorsport machine. Number six is in the lead at the moment. Felix Tandy uh, has got the tablet with the timing and scoring on, and he's following along on him, sir. Uh, TV at almost a quarter to seven in central England in Bedfordshire. Hello, Felix. Wait for your dad to get in, see how, see how he goes. Uh, and I know that all of Team JTR are tuned in as well. Nick Tandy will be joining us in the booth for the uh, second 
round of the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America, uh, the next uh, event that we're at, which is at Porsche Rennsport uh, at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So, a bit of excitement for that. Nick still to get in the car, but as we mentioned earlier on, they seem to have unlocked some uh, potential, some performance from those cars. Uh, hello to Peppa Piggy, who says, I think we've got car football uh, instead with all this punting. And I think we're going to get a penalty for the of car. Yes, we have a drive-through uh, for mm. that on the Sean Creech uh, Motorsports machine. That was the car that was wronged and the court of number 32 of Mick Grenier, who is another highly experienced and highly thought of driver, leading GTD at the moment, uh, with Madison Snow having dropped down into second position, but he'll have to come into the pit lane. That's right, John. We saw that he made make that pass turn seven, uh, and then uh, just, uh, yeah, I mean, he's quicker through the corners than number 33 car, but he should have anticipated what was coming up there, I think, uh, Grenier. And he got back into the uh, right rear corner panel on number 33 car, turned it around. And I don't think really race control had much uh, option there other than to issue a penalty to Michael Grenier. So really disappointing for that team, Courthoff team, you know, having uh, had, had good pace uh, in, in a whole string of recent races. And they've got a bit of a, uh, they've had some balance performance breaks with that Mercedes in recent races as well. Uh, coming into uh, this weekend, the Mercedes is 30 kilograms lighter than it was last time out at VIR. That certainly helped the Mercedes. Uh, but uh, having got himself in, the, in that lead now, he's going to give it all back again when he comes in to serve that penalty. Uh, mixed start of the race for Team RLL, BMW M team and their M Hybrid V8. Third place for Nick Yellowly, but problems for the 24 car share. Adam is down there with Augusto Farfus. Augusto, what is the problem for your car? Well, we lost power, so we had some uh, electrical issues. At the moment, we are trying to sort it out. Seems like the throttle pedal has uh, has a kind of uh, misread. I mean, this year I have ticked all the all the boxes in terms of uh, problems, incidents, bad luck. But we keep working. Let's see if we can uh, get the car back on track and at least get some mileage. How important is it too to help the sister car by getting you back out? Well, I think we can help in case the rain comes or something happens but at the, end, at the moment now we are uh, seven laps down so for us the race will be over but it's important to get the mileage and also to understand a little bit tire degradation race race pace and so on so let's see if we can get the car, can get the car back on track thank you very disappointing after what was a very useful and successful test according to BMW when the GTP manufacturers were here a few weeks ago working through traffic the two Porsches are a little bit closer Ben Keating uh, just going another lap back uh, he is now leading George Kurtz as Jeremy said and he's doing some lappery himself this George Kurtz he's just dropped back a little bit around about five seconds as Ben Keating has taken the wins number 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsport car uh, a little further down the road coming down to two hours to go two hours and three minutes and you're listening to live coverage of IMSA from the Brickyard Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and John Hindoff uh, and if you are listening in and you want to say hello at IMSA Radio RS2 if you're moving around 
If you're in the US, XM207. And, of course, uh, all that is live and free. No blocks, no breaks and outside the US. You can also have uninterrupted World Feed TV coverage at IMSA.tv or, indeed, via the live video button menu, top left-hand side, IMSAradio.com. Thank you for your company this evening. Right, Jeremy, 37, 38 minutes coming through. A little bit of yellow in that. We should be starting to think, what, within the next 10 minutes or so, do we think, for the GTPs? 50 minutes for those cars? More than that, probably, particularly with those early caution periods. I would think 55, perhaps, uh, although there may be some thinking of it before that. Uh, if you do uh, 50 minutes, uh, then what this is, is a... a was two, uh, two was it 260 minute race isn't it so yeah. you split it into three uh, what do you come out at three it is 24 <laughs> and uh, <laughs> carry the five and if it's a market day in Stockton yeah. on T's uh, here's the court of Mercedes you. coming into <laughs> I saved you coming into the pit lane to serve <laughs> its drive through and uh, that was for the incident turning around the LMP3 car. I think they tried to plead their case, probably, John, but uh, have given up and uh, race control wins, and that car comes in to serve its penalty. I, I think if you uh, were able to see even the pictures that we have uh, access to, thanks to our excellent colleagues at NASCAR Productions, both uh, on the track and, of course, up a production in Charlotte. And we could see that, but the race control has everything, of course. I look at Bryn Smith and Asylum 351 and to Kenny, uh, Kyle Denny, and it looks like we've got a car off, and it's the NSX that has gone off the number 93 car. And that is going to bring out a full course yellow, I think. Ricky Taylor is already into the pit lane. And, no, hang on. That car is moving again and has to find its way through the turn one cut through. And who was it who started that car? Uh, it was Ashton, was it? Yes, it was. Racers Edge Motorsport and the Acura. Uh, was seventh in GTD before that spin. So in for wow. the number 10. And Shea Adam is watching a very quick tyre change, or partial tyre change was that, Shea? It was fuel tyres and a driver change for the number 10, Conic Minolta Acura. Now pulling out the behind the wheel. Fuel tyres and driver changes for both the 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes and the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. So now it's Danny Ginkadea, winner of the eight-hour race here last year behind the wheel. That one, and Ross Gunn in the Aston. Fuel and tyres for Roman De Angelis in the 27 Heart of Racing Aston. That's the GTD car. And also in was the number 12 Lexus from Master Sullivan. The GTD car sees Frank Monacalvo staying aboard for another sit, but he didn't get fuel and new tyres. More bumping and boring down at turn one. Honestly, I've seen less contact at a fairground dodging ride than we've had yeah. in this uh, this first 41 minutes. Not a great advert, I'm afraid, for our first time 
here at IMS in the yeah. in this version of IMSA. Yeah, I mean, so I must admit, I did have concerns coming to this track. I've been here several times in the past for uh, IndyCar events, and I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest, that it really suits multi-class racing. Uh, yesterday, in the Mission Pilot Challenge, there were only two classes there. It's not a big speed differential, not a huge speed differential between the TCRs and GS cars. Well, in this series, there are. And... Uh, Oops, Ooh, yucks, that's a spin. Big for crash Merriman on there. the front straight, Oops, and that's an, almost a huge incident for Dwight Merriman in the TDS car. And a couple of cars coming through. It's very fast through the final corner, and he's broadside across the track here. Both sides of the track having to be used, and there were some very quick hands there. We're going to a full course yellow with just under two hours to go. There's debris on the track before him. I think there's been a come coming together Turner Motorsport got into the pit lane that could have been immense and well we were talking about poor driving standards that was great driving reaction that went on there as they came through for this the first visit of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway the previous iteration of the series of course was here one year in its first year as the United Championship in 2014 but not with these classes not with all of these classes and uh, certainly not in its current form now was that just a lose or oh, no there was another car involved there it was one of the GT Porsches was that the 91 Kelly at uh, the uh, Kelly Moss racing car um certainly a very odd line that was coming out for Dwight Merriman in that number 18 car but he has managed not to get hit he just sat there the Andretti Aston Martin just missing it and also the 97 Aston as well just going round the outside that was a very good bit of uh, Turner Motorsport 97 excuse me the Chandler Hull, the dark blue of their two machines. So great driving by those there. It was the 96 Turner car that made it in for fuel and tyres. The pits are closed. We will go through the full pit sequence here. And somehow, Jeremy, at that high speed, with that many cars coming along behind, uh, there was no damage to Dwight Merriman's car. Yeah, he's a lucky uh, lucky guy there, isn't he? Because uh, that could have been very scary. I tell you what, hats off to him to, uh, to get on the brakes, stop that car, uh, and he yeah, was kind of point. right in the middle of the racetrack. But if he'd have gone back a bit or forward a bit, that could have been absolutely disastrous. So uh, really, heads up driving there. Just stay where he was uh, and wait for the caution to come out and, and everybody else to slow down so he can get that car pointing in the right, right direction again. Um, if he tried to kind of rejoin in any way, shape, or oh. form... That would have been absolutely catastrophic. It's completely blind where he was. He was round yeah. the corner far enough so that the pit yeah. wall was actually blocking the view of anybody coming. And you are so committed at that point because yeah. as you come out of turn 13, once you get the car straightened up, you are accelerating all the way. Yes, 14 is a corner, but all the drivers telling us in pretty much all the classes, if it's dry, you're accelerating all the way through there. And the last thing you want to be doing is is lifting because it'll it'll really affect your speed at the end 
of that straight down into turn one. So that's absolutely flat to the boards through there. Yeah, really, really heads up uh, thinking by him there uh, and all his spotters to just stay where you are uh, and uh, accept the consequences of what of, you know, you're going to lose a lot of positions, but at least you keep that car in one piece. Well, finally, we can kind of catch our breaths a bit. Uh, the uh, GTP cars had put everybody else a lap down, so that's cut nice and nice and, uh, and handy. It's just the GTP cars have completed 30 laps as it is now, under caution. Uh, the LMP2 cars are uh, a, a lap down, as now, after that pit stop, is Philip Albuquerque in that mm. number 10 uh, Konica Minolta Acura GTP car. So that uh, pit stop, it, it might have been a good move, but that the caution period now has come out exactly the wrong time for that car. And now what we're seeing is the cars that are trapped behind, for those of you unfamiliar with IMSA rules, the cars that are between the safety car and their individual class leaders, be it LMP2, LMP3 or GT, uh, they can now go past the rest of the field and the safety car and then take up their rightful positions at the back of the pack because they've not been lapped by their respective class leaders. So that's what's going on yeah. right now. Once this has been uh, achieved, then the pits will be open and it will be open initially for the prototype cars. So while that is going on and before that happens, you'll have, I think we're going to see all the GTP cars in and there'll be a lot of driver changes uh, as well with 47 minutes uh, having been completed. Let's take a VP Racing in-race update. It is the two Porsches still that lead. Six from seven. Remember, Matt Jaminier sneaked past Matt Campbell at the, at the, the short run from turn one to turn two when all kinds of uh, carnage was going on behind them. So six from seven. Then Nick Yellily in the remaining BMW M Team RLL. The 24 car is still running, but it's many laps down already after being involved in that first lap incident and also having further problems. Pete Mutterani has uh, clawed his way up into fourth position in the number 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac. Uh, and then it's the two private Porsches, uh, the Proton Engineering 59 WeatherTech car, Jimmy Bruni, uh, with uh, time off on the helm. For JDC Miller Motorsports in the number five car, that's the bright yellow car after that. Another car that was caught up in that first lap incident and uh, needs some bodywork changing. Tom Blomqvist for Maya Shank Racing in their Acura number 60 is in seventh. And Sebastian Porte for Cadillac has had a new nose on that car as well and has been through the pits twice, but that was under the first safety car. So they are still on the lead lap. As Jeremy said, all the LMP2s are a lap down from ninth on down overall. Ben Keating from Paul has changed positions a couple of times with George Kurtz so it's PR1 Matheson Motorsport Oregon number 52 from Cried Strike Racing by Algar Pro Racing number 04 and then it's TDS Racing number 11 the car that hasn't had all of the issues in third Stephen Thomas from Dan Goldberg from Ta in Tower and Rodrigo Salas it is Bijoy Garg for Junior 3 and Nolan Siegel his teammate is back up in the 7th ahead of Alexandra Kareba in third for LMP3 and GTD Pro is Vassar Sullivan Lexus, the number 14 car from Jordan Taylor in the Corvette. And in GTD, Madison Snow back to the point there ahead of Russell Ward for Winwood Racing, looking to make it a double for Winwood this weekend. And Brendan Areeb for Inception in the McLaren. That car's just been gently doing its thing in this early part of the race. They're in third. That's your VP Racing update. Shane Adam is in the pit lane with the GTP cars. 
four tire changes for all four of the Porsche GTPs as well as driver change. Jimmy Bruni out of the 59 Proton competition. That's we have Rocky into the number five. Time and Vanderhelm having done his stint for JDC Miller Motorsports in also the 01 Chip Ganassi Cadillac. That is now Ranger Van de Sande taking over for Sebastian Bourdais. Let's see if they decide to do a new nose for Colin Brown, who has taken over with the number 60. Yes, they will for that Acura. Fuel and tires for both of the Porsche Penske stops as well. As now we have Felipe Nasa in the seven and Nick Tandy. Felix, your dad's on board the number six. Both of the BMWs were in as well as there was a wheel nut spinning as the 25 BMW departs. I think that's now Connor de Felipe behind the wheel of that one. Maybe not. No driver change for the 24. As all the LMP2 cars are rolling off now, no driver changes for any of them. Well, at least not yet because their minimum drive time had not been met. Very close between the Whale and Cadillac uh, and uh, uh, and people Durrani uh, and the two Porsches. I think Durrani has just nipped ahead into third position as they came out uh, of the pits. He almost nicked second position there from Felipe Nasa as they were coming out. Timed stop, I'm thinking, for the Whale and Engineering team. He was actually ahead of the number seven of Felipe Nasa, but he couldn't get into the acceleration lane uh, and had to drop in behind, but still ahead of Conor de Felipe, who is now in that number 25 car. So very nearly smart pit work, Jeremy Shaw, for the Whelan engineering team. But it is a game of inches. As the GTs are coming in, we'll discuss that in a moment. As Shea Adam has the GT field. Windward Mercedes, almost the first one to hit its marks because it has almost the first box on the pit lane. That is fuel tires and her driver changes. Phil Ellis is taking over for Russell Ward. In from the lead of the GTD class is the number one, Paul Miller Racing BMW. Madison Snow getting out. Brian Sellers getting in. Four new Michelins going on that car. Also getting four new tires is the Inception Racing McLaren. They were our pit stop demo today, and their pit stop was about the finest that I have ever seen for a pit stop demo. But they're also doing a driver change, meaning Brendan Arriba out Frederick Shandorf in. And that is normally the part of the stop that they have to wait the longest. On. We've got GTD Pro Stops for the number 14, Vaster Sullivan, Lexus, tires and fuel for Jack Hawksworth. Number three, Corvette has had a driver change, and that is now Antonio Garcia as out of the pit lane. First of the GTD stops was that McLaren, Patrick Pele, now aboard the FAP Motorsports Porsche with new tires for him as well. Race off the pit lane on the pit lane speed limiter, and it is the Corvette that gets the jump into the RFID readers for the Michelin tyres at the end of the pit lane. So Tonio Garcia has beaten out Jack Hawksworth and that's a change of position in the pit lane. Jeremy proving you've got to have your head on a swivel and you've got to be good in the pits, just as good as you are out on the circuit. Yeah, we know how good Corvette racing is in the pits. I believe number 14 car didn't change tyres. That was certainly the plan. That was what I was told for that stop. It would be uh, fuel only for Jack Hawksworth. Uh, presumably Corvette did the same uh, uh, and uh, put in a little bit less fuel. Now, interestingly, this weekend, the Corvette hasn't been quite on the pace as it was uh, recently. One, of course, the last time out at VIR, but there have been some balance and performance changes after VIR and getting ready for here. One of those was to the Corvette, which uh, had a, uh, a slightly smaller res engine restrictor than, than before, therefore a little bit uh, less horsepower. Uh, similarly, the Lexus had a similar change as well, less, uh, smaller restrictor, less horsepower. The uh, McLaren added 20 kilos from the last round. The Mercedes, as we talked about earlier, are minus 30 kilograms. Uh, and the, the BMW, they, they, they lost a little bit of a boost as well. 
So uh, the Porsches have got a larger restrictor and a little bit more a little bit more weight, yeah. 10 kilogram to weight, but a larger restrictor. So those balance performance changes have kind of been uh, evident as the weekend has progressed. And Corvette seem to have been struggling so far. And they, they tried to trim out the car, I was told, before this race to try and make it more competitive because of the loss of straight line speed. But uh, clearly that car, as usual at Corvette Racing, is working better in the race than it does through, particularly through the practice sessions. And it was four tyres for Corvette and four tyres for it? Jack Hawksworth and the Vassar oh, really? Sullivan Lexus. Uh, she's just told. gone and checked that with the respective team. Antonio Garcia didn't start the race for Corvette, did he? Yes, he did. No, Jordan did. So actually Corvette changed driver uh, as well. So four tyres and uh, a new driver for Corvette. Vassar Sullivan, four tyres. Jack Hawksworth in the car. Uh, Nick Tandy and Philippe Nasset now lead. All right, so we did our VP Racing update before the pit stops. Let's uh, reset it afterwards now so that you can compare, because I know you wrote it all down. Uh, six from seven is the same. Porsche, Penske, Motorsport, but now with Nick Tandy and Philippe Nasset behind the wheel. People to Rani up into third for wheel and engineering Cadillac. A uh, combination of people, uh, as I said before, clawing his way up into fourth and then a good turnaround by the Action Express team who run that wheel and engineering Cadillac team. Conor de Filippi now installed in the 25 BMW team RLL BMW M Hybrid V8. It's the two uh, private en privately entered or customer entered uh, 963s next. Proton, the 59, the white weather take car from the bright yellow Mike Rockenfeller. Uh, driven JDC, Harry Tickle, Mike Rockefeller in those two cars. Renga van der Zander is in the 0-1 now. I'm taking over from Sebastian Bourdais. That's the gold-fronted number 0-1. Colin Brown in the number 60. Uh, Mayer Shank racing car. And Philippe Albuquerque is... Now, is he back on the lead lap now, yes. Jeremy? Yes, he yes, is. Yes, because he, he did not pit with everybody else. Of so course. he then, as they were in the pits, he went past the... Uh, past them behind the safety car he's get the wave around and he will be back on the lead lap before we get back to green well do the rest of the vp racing update in race update in a moment let's hear uh, from jordan taylor share adam Jordan, this championship dream is still alive. The easiest thing, you got to finish in front of the 14 Lexus. And you don't have the fastest car, but you certainly know how to get them in the pits and how to race them on the track, right? Yeah, I think we need some stuff on our, on our side to... Uh to be able to win the championship so yeah our focus right now is to win races and and uh try to put them you know put the pressure on them so yeah i was surprised we were able to run up front with those guys i think traffic was helping us out. it was an lmp3 car kind of holding up the whole field and we were able to save a bunch of fuel kind of sitting in that train and i think that helped us uh jump them in the pits but yeah the guys did a great stop and um, they changed the starter motor on the grid before the race in 15 minutes so uh props to them to you know keep us in the fight Corvette Racing, best in the biz. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. So we're setting up for the restart. Now, why have we got the 31 Cadillac right alongside Nick Tandy here on the circuit? Not sure what's going on. Ah, I know what's going on. Race Control are reordering the line behind the two Porsches. I, I said that there was a, a 
that the 31 car got out and was unable to pull into the fast lane. And I think race control is reordering the running order. But what I don't understand is why Felipe Nazar is in front now of everybody. So have they penalised the two Porsches for driving too closely together as they came out of their pits? What kind of decision is that that's been made? So Pete Durrani driving alongside and slightly in front of Nick Tandy and was scored across the line as the leader. And this is part of a reordering, we are led to believe, from uh, race control, running order under review. Now, if you remember... When the 31 car was getting its, the 31 Cadillac was getting its service, the two Porsches rolled first and were very, very close together as they came out of the pits, uh, which meant that people Durrani couldn't get into the fast lane. And... I'm wondering if that's, Jeremy, is what's happened here, because I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't looking at the screen at that time, particular time, so I didn't actually see what happened. I mean, the the priority should be for a car that's already in the fast lane. If a car is already in the fast lane, then the car's pulling out from its from their pit stall will have to let the car in the fast lane go. That's that's the way the oh, rules are. Almost a is that what happened? There's, there's almost a coming together there. There's yeah. all kinds of shenanigans going on here. And yeah. um, I, I, if I'm confused, I can only imagine what's going on uh, with Nick Tandy and Felipe uh, Nasser and people Durrani in behind the blue Corvette racing car. So let me go through this again. The two Porsches came in six and seven. They were server six and seven, and they left six and seven. They were in the fast lane. It was very close for people to Rani and the wheel and engineering team. They, I think, did a time stop in terms of fuel to try and jump one or both of those Porsches. But by the time they got rolling, the Porsches were already alongside them, line astern, and there was nowhere for the 31 to go, so people dropped in behind the number seven car. Well, now he's been put in, at least, at the very least, in between them, but he's been in front of Nick Tandy at some stages behind the safety car here. But it appears that race control have decided that the Porsches should have waved the 31 car in to the fast lane, which is not my understanding of the rules, to be honest, Jeremy. I don't know. I'm telling you what, there's a whole bunch of, sh of position changes going on under this caution period because the number 59 uh, and number 25, they've changed positions since they went back on the racetrack. The 25 went behind the 59, now ahead of him again. Also in LMP2, the number 04 car came out initially, uh, was shown initially ahead of the number 52 car, and they have changed again as well. So it's now 52, Ben Keating back in the lead of LMP2. So I have no idea what's going on, quite frankly. And it's... It's, um, yeah, unusually messy. Uh, running order is under review as of uh, four minutes ago. And I, that was when I first noticed that uh, people Durrani had gone up alongside Nick Tandy and, in fact, was nosing ahead of him. And they were running so close side by side, they nearly ran into each other at turn two. Nothing other than that. 
other than now that, that race control are commencing the prototype class split so they must be happy with what is going on they will restart then forget what i said before in our vp racing in race update um it will edit this bit out later uh, it'll be fine in post uh, nick tandy leads from people to rani in second so porsche from cadillac from porsche from bmw from the two customer porsches 59 and 5 in fifth and sixth then Renga van der Zander for the Cadillac with the gold front, the Serial 1. Colin Brown and Philip Albuquerque, the top nine, all back on the lead lap. Ben Keating back ahead of George Kurtz, so that is 52 from Serial 4. Dan Goldberg in third in LMP2, Tower Motorsports, the number eight car. Garrett Grist and Guillaume de Oliveira are now back to uh, make it a 1-2 for Junior 3 Racing. Uh, that's the same as when they just went into the pits, 30 from 29 with Dakota Dickerson who's been very quick this weekend, really impressed with Dakota in the MLT Motorsports number 54 Ligier Ligier's in the top three in LMP3 the first non-Ligier is the Duquesne of Wayne Boyd behind the number 17 of AWA and uh, (laughs) bizarre shenanigans then behind uh, that is GTD Pro, Daniel Hukadea for WeatherTech and Ross Gunn for Heart Racing Team. That's the two Pro cars. And then Roman De Angelis is ahead of Frankie Montecalvo, first and second GTD. Uh, the car that came in in the lead of the GTs is now down in one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh position and fourth in class. Brian Sellers has taken over the Paul Miller Racing number one car. I'm not sure uh, exactly what is going on, but race control are now saying the running order will be 31, 6, and 7. Well, I, I don't understand. Maybe you can well, we find need to have a look again. We need to have a look again, the, the, frankly. So, uh, very quickly, let's go to share Adam as the safety car lights are out. Uh, we just had three P2 stoppers because minimum drive time met for all three of these cars. The number 52, which started on pole with Ben Keating, now is Paul Loup Chatan. We've got the 18 from Aero Motorsport. That is no longer Dwight Merriman. It is now Ryan Dial. And also in the 8-Tower Motorsport, that was uh, Dean Goldberg who started the car today. And now it is Louis Delatraz to the end. Right, so they've come in. They made a second stop. Then those two teams Correct. to get their pro drivers in because the, the hour minimum has now been met and had not beforehand. So the only two people to take advantage of that then were number eight and fifty-two that came out of uh, first and third positions respectively on the racetrack. So and the the in GT in GT ranks, by the way, John, mm-hmm. the, the those three cars out front or four cars out in front, uh, 79, 23, 27 and twelve. They all made their pit stops before the caution period came out. Alan Pross has just said, are we still under the same FCY of being out and made food? They're still behind the safety car. Not anymore, Alan. But what I can't tell you because I don't understand is why Pete Durrani has taken the green flag first. He went out of the pits in third position and he's been gifted or given or put to the front of the field. Pick any one of those and tick whichever box you want. Uh, the two Porsches are six and seven. They're left first and second out of the pits they were in the fast lane first and people couldn't get into the fast lane I mentioned that at the time but you have right of way if you're in the fast lane so unless something's happened um, when the cars were back out on the track and those cars fell off the track 
um, I can't explain that so I'm really sorry if you're confused but we are as well and we'll try and get an explanation from IMSA and from race control as to why that reordering at the front of the field at least uh, had to be done but anyway Cadillac leads and then it's the two Porsches in second and third if we get information on that we will let you know I'm sure somebody at the track knows and if they do if they could let us know that would be lovely and there's a change of position there for second position and in uh, GT third, third position excuse me in GTD Pro with uh, uh, with Jack Hawks was finding way past the Corvette of now driven by Antonio Garcia the only thing that I can think of, Jeremy, is that they have effectively penalised the two Porsches for um, the for blocking in the pit lane. Um, they both were serviced, they both left. I didn't see that the number seven slowed down to allow the number six to catch up. They were both on the pit lane speed limiter, but the only thing that I can think of is that. Now, we've got a couple of penalties uh, that are, are penalties. That's going to be a stop and 60 for running the race, the, the red light at the end of the pit lane for performance tech in Collar Bloom, the 38 car. The number four, and that's the number four, and the number 93 incident responsibility for the Ave car. So that will uh, drive through uh, working on the car outside of the pit st uh, stall as well. So this is another raft of penalties from those last pit stop, and that is the... Uh, that is the number 50, what does that say, 59? I think it does. So there are the raft of penalties. That's Harry Tinknell for Proton Competition. And that's the car currently in fifth position. All right, the front of the field, we've got a battle for the lead as uh, Pete Durrani has now been chased by Philippe Nasser, who's gone past his teammate Nick Tandy, who's dropped back down into third. Right, from race control, we are hearing that the two Porsches were given an order to go around GTD cars at the reordering of the cars, and they didn't, and the 31 did, and that's why he's been given the position. So nothing to do with the exit of the pits, but to do with the... GTP class split so basically the Porsches didn't react quick enough to the class split people Durrani overtook them uh, as he'd been uh, told to do and therefore he was allowed to restart first that's what I'm being told okay okay All right, well, at least that, that's, a, that's a more sensible explanation at least, yeah nothing to sure. do with the pits nothing to yep. do with the pits um, yep so there we go. Thank you for that race control and that explanation. Um, that might be discussed uh, later. Uh, cloud gathering at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and still with uh, an hour and a half remaining, it's Pete Durrani leading for Cadillac by three quarters of a second from Felipe Nazarin second. Nick Tandy's dropped back down to third now but just put his fastest lap of the race and his car's fastest lap of the race in with a 15.6. Uh, and then it's the BMW of Conor de Filippi as into the pit lane. Ooh, Aaron Tielitz. For Aaron Tielitz, 
uh, of Lexus in the number 12 car. And I think there's been a coming together because the McLaren, the Inception McLaren, is moving slowly on the pit straight as well. And that is not going to get much further. We're going to have another yellow flag. Right front down. Sure you can see that from the pit lane. Oh, right rear problem as well. There's been contact Whoa. with something or the wall. Now, can that McLaren get to the end of the pit wall and turn hard left? and get off the right. racing circuit. I heard right, sorry. Yes, thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, please don't turn left there. Yeah, has done, but is continuing around the track, but is off the circuit at the moment. Oh, that looks like the tyre's about to give way on there. It's not going to go any further, I'm sorry. That's bad news for that uh, team's uh, championship aspirations. Look here uh, they, the, were, uh, they were battling. Uh, the Corvette was having a big battle. Oh, it was a touch between the uh, it was a touch between the Lexus and the McLaren as the Corvette was going by the a little bit of a an incident yeah Frankie Montecalvo sorry Jeremy um, Frankie Montecalvo realised straight away he had a right front problem and pulled into the pit lane he's out of the car now and that car has been sent that car being the number 12 Lexus um, that one all a bit bizarre. Didn't look like a huge hit between them. Uh, the Inception McLaren trying to take advantage of the GTD Pro car coming through them there. Uh, trying to follow it through. Didn't work out. I think uh, it was Aaron Tielitz, I think, in the, the, uh, the uh, 12 car. They, they have uh, yes, already was, made, yeah. made their driver changes, both yeah. of those two. Look to me it like... It was Frankie Montecalvo that brought it in. Um, I think, Jeremy, and oh, they did it? the change when it came into the pit lane and changed the right front tyre. Yeah. I they've made the change under yellow. Uh, uh, yeah, you may be right. On. Sorry. But in, in any case, it looked to me like number 70 car just kind of moved across on number 12 there and initiated that contact from, from my perspective there. But in, in, whatever it is, very unfortunate for both of those two, and particularly it looks like the 70 car is going to come off a lot worse than lose, losing a lot of time here, limping back to the pits and does a lot of damage in any case. Uh, it's just a wheel it's just a tyre I think tire. Jeremy it looks way worse Maybe. than it is because the bodywork's kicked up yeah. but actually that's a, a crack I, I thought it was suspension damage because of the angle that I could see what I thought was the wheel and tyre but in fact it's only the tyre and that's been a fantastic piece of driving to get that car all the way back round uh, Frederick Shandoff by the way uh, behind the wheel of that car and he's made it all the way back to the pit lane. I mean, he was he was literally uh, five metres, not even that, away from the pit lane entrance. So he's done two and a bit miles, two and a half miles to get it back round uh, on three and a half tyres, I suppose. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, Philippe Nasser has closed in to just on four-tenths of a second to Pipo Tarani. Another three-quarters of a second further back is Nick Tandy. That, all kinds of off-kilter pit stops going on. We'll catch up with Shane in just well, a moment. Well, th that's mainly, John, the LMP2 cars coming in uh, to change over to their pro drivers. Uh, we talked about the fact that number 52 and number 8 came in, made a second stop under that caution before we went back to green. They were the only two to have done so. That was the, the one-hour minimum had been met at that, at that stage. But since the green came out, now all the other LMP2 cars have done the same. 
Let's check in with Shea Adam and see who else has been down the pit lane. Fred Shandorf did get in and has left again. Shea, what else have, has been going on in your neck of the woods? Well, just before I move on from the McLaren, they did put a new left rear tire on the car, but it is... Uh, wow, it just went to pull into the penalty box and now is continuing back down the lane. I'm not entirely sure that they meant to set that car back out on the racetrack. He did get the thumbs up from the IMSA tech official saying it was safe, even though there was carbon touching the new Michelin that they put on the car. So I don't know how long that would last. Uh, also down the pit lane, we did have a slew of LMP2 drivers come in and stay in, including Stephen Thomas and Rodrigo Salas, handing over to both uh, Nicole Jensen and Guido Vandegarda in the two TDS cars, the number 11 and 35 respectively. And Faf came in for their Porsche, Patrick Pile, taking fuel and sticker Michelin tires. Could they be back timing to the end of the race already? Yeah, possibly could. Also in that, Connor Bloom has been uh, assessed a penalty for improper rain, uh, wave by two minutes 48, effectively a couple of laps there for that number 38 performance tech motorsport Ligier LMP3. So lose everything you've gained and a bit more it has to be a penalty leaders are in traffic now people to Rani with uh, the Porsche right behind him Felipe Nasser almost got alongside for a moment but now has to drop back as they're fighting through about three different classes of traffic at the moment three wide across the start line LMP2 GT Le Mans and here prototype, actually it's a GTD now but it started life off as a GT Le Mans, so you can almost say that was four classes wide there but there was only three cars, uh, people to Rani uh, has stretched out to all of half a second at the moment as he goes past the heart of racing Aston Martin, that's the GTD car, Roman De Angelis leading that class at the moment for the number 27 ahead of Brian Sellers back up to seven for Paul, seven second for Paul Miller Racing and Phil Ellis for Windward Racing in third and GTD Pro Daniel Hunkendaya for WeatherTech and the Mercedes the white car with the blue and red swoosh on it and Ross Gunn for the other heart of racing car the one with the red number panels is in second with Jack Hawks with Fafasa Sullivan and the Lexus in third that's your VP Racing in race update we did say we would get through it when action allowed it didn't really allow, but I thought I'd squeeze it in anyway. Now, a little bit of a problem for the leader as he's behind Daniel Hunkadella. Remember what we said in the Porsche Keys to the race. There are places here where it's a bit full of my leader. And he's hit one of them now, and this has been an advantage for the second-place car as they come onto the start, finish straight, and Nick Tandy's right there as well. The top three go across the line, and they are separated by just on one second as they go down into turn one. There's no opportunity for a pass for Felipe Nasser. Nick Tandy holding a watching brief at the moment. This is top quality stuff, Jeremy. We talk about this all the time, about the traffic, about traffic management, and this is where these top drivers earn their money. It's uh, fraught stuff out there, isn't it, at the moment? And uh, we saw a pit stop a couple of laps ago. We didn't see, but uh, number 59 car came into the pits. Harry Tinknell is at the wheel now of the uh, uh, Proton Porsche car number 59. So he's way off the back of the pack. That was a penalty, moment. Jeremy. That was the penalty. Oh, was that a penalty? I beg your pardon. What was that for? I didn't see that. Uh, 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 Oops. Oh, that was that's service the, uh, outside the box, second, second place car in uh, LMP3 goes around. He's been dicing with his teammate Garrett Grist. That's uh, Guillermo Oliveira in car number 29. He's going to lose second position. 
Sheesh. It's all going on, isn't it? Now, uh, f further news, and thanks again to Race Control uh, via Aaron uh, at NASCAR Productions. Thank you. Rule 46.5.2 is the reason that uh, the number 31 was given the lead. So, uh, if you want to look that up, you can. 46.5.2. I'm sure that was uh, Paul Walter there who passed that along. Thank you, Paul. Uh, official retirements. I think our first one officially. I mean, there's a few cars that aren't coming back. But uh, that is the Racers Edge Motorsport accurate that we saw stranded out on the circuit. Ashton Harrison uh, in in that car at the time of its demise. I've got this, I've got it, John. Yeah, it is, Jeremy. 46.5.2. Uh, cars must remain in running order and remain left, and when instructed by race control, eligible LMP2 and LMP3 cars must move right and in single file, pass any GTD Pro or GTD cars to take position ahead of all GTD Pro and GTD cars and behind the GTP cars. Uh, GTD... There's no well, mention of mention GTP GTP cars. There, so exactly. That, that's no, that's exactly. not applicable there. That's my point. Interesting. Um, so, that's curious, isn't it? GTD... Pro... GTD, yeah, there's no mention at all of GTD... GTP cars there. Okay. Well, well, I'm sure the guys at Porsche Penske Motorsport will be flicking through their rule book as well. Hello to Johnny P, who is tuned in to Joy, SCH to Jam, to Leverage Promotions as well, uh, and to Anthony Florio as well. Anthony Florio, excuse me, Anthony. Uh, it is Pete Mutterani by a second now, courtesy of Rule 46.5.2. <laughs> and Pete Mutterani wins this race, he'll get a t shirt with that on. Uh, Philippe Nasser in second for the number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport. Nick Tandy in third uh, with the number six car. Tell you what, John, it's, uh, back. Tell you what, it certainly made it more interesting. Well, yeah, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's curious. I mean, I, 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 that, that rule to me that has no mention of GTP cars. So, um, yeah, curious, interesting. Mentions so, everybody else other than GTP. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, so here we go then. And uh, the uh, harder racing Aston Martin, having made that uh, very smart decision, as it now turns out, to uh, make that pit stop bit before the caution period came out. Yeah. And uh, they are uh, taking full advantage of that. Uh, the uh, Danny Junkadela in the number 79, WeatherTech uh, Mercedes did the same, is ahead of the. Uh, both Aston Martins have now been split by five seconds between the number 23 and number 27, but each uh, 23 car is second in its class, and 27 Aston Martin Roman DeAngelis leads his just ahead of Jack Hawksworth. Uh, Antonio Garcia is hanging right there as well, and then behind Garcia is Brian Sellers in the second-placed GTD non-pro car. Are just on 80 minutes, 80 minutes still to go 
on what has been a very busy race on the what our colleague Brian Till likes to call the dancing ants, our tracker here from Alcaman. You can have that by the way, alcamansystems.com, IMSA uh, on the positioning part of the site. You can see the track with all the little multicolored dots. It's not very much space out there at the moment. Remember, it will be a long distance race next year here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Let's, uh, we don't know how long it's going to be yet. And I think after this, it's probably not going to be for all the classes uh, next year. Probably just a few too many cars. Shea Adam, and there'll be more cars uh, next year in, in pretty much all of the classes as well. So that might actually work in IMSA's favour. Uh, Shay, who have you got? Dan Goldberg out of the Tower Motorsport LMP2. Dan, you're a driver that we associate with LMP3. Just how different was it in a P2 car? Um, I mean, it was fairly different. We got uh, more speed, so easier to pass the GT cars for sure. Um, but still, IMSA, still the, the same challenges out there and a lot of similarities. And now you've got Louis Delatraz in your car at the end of this race. He's a pretty good shoe to have. Have you enjoyed working with him? Oh, it's been great. He's been amazingly helpful. And he's really quick. He's leaving right now. So fingers crossed we can pull it out. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Then with uh, Pipa Durrani now under intense pressure from Philippe Nazareth and John Handoff talked about a little, little bit a uh, little bit ago say they're in traffic well they're going to be in traffic for the next uh, an hour and 17 minutes pretty much there's going to be very few clear laps for either of these leaders as they work their way past the slower cars from these four other different classes. Fortunately, our collective uh, has a bigger brain than all of us. Um, and Ryan Parkins, among others, have pointed out uh, that the actual uh, regulation is 46.5. Po- no, it's not. I've just read that as well. Uh, 46.5.2 is when you, you took... Yeah, you, it, it's, it's, I, it, I think it's 46.5.1, actually, is, is what um, we should have been told. So, uh, however, there is a bit in the second part that says cars not following the instructions of rate control in a timely manner may lose their positions to cars responding as instructed. So that's the catch-all. So, actually, that is in 46.5.2. So, uh, it, it is... Um, whilst the reg that was quoted to us doesn't mention the GTPs doing it, what it does mention is that any cars um, not responding in a timely manner may lose their positions to cars responding as instructed. Peter Durrani did, he was Johnny on the spot, Philippe Menazer and Nick Tandy didn't, and that's why they lost the positions. So that's, that's the simple answer uh, to that. Uh, to that, and thank you to the collective for sorting that out for us thank goodness we've got people with big, bigger brains than us who are listening and watching is uh, all I can say very useful very useful indeed right so uh, we are we're now what, uh, to green uh, hour 35 to go so we've been uh, 20 minutes now 
of uh, green flag racing, a little bit more than that. Uh, an hour and 15 to go, and be uh, one more pit stop for the GTP cars, so pretty much everybody in this race, to get from uh, here to the end. Possibly two, actually, for LMP2. Yeah. So 55 laps completed. Pippa Durrani still out front as he negotiates the uh, the traffic here. Heads down the uh, Holman Boulevard. He's got another whole gaggle of cars ahead of him. And there's two Porsche Penske Motorsport machines tracking him as closely as they can at this stage. Is it maybe a 15, 20 car lengths between each of those three leaders at the moment? That's going to fluctuate wildly. So, a messy race in all kinds of respects uh, so far. Let's hope that this last hour and 15 minutes are uh, a little bit more uh, stable, consistent, and uh, a bit more uh, racing-orientated. So... There are the gaps at the moment. Still Philippe Nasa right with the leader. Uh, and as I say that, he gets uh, separated by a couple of cars as they're going through traffic, Jeremy. Yeah, the, the, the fastest car on the track last time around, it has been actually the last couple of laps, it's Harry Ticknell in that 59 car. Boy, that was tight. Working between a, two, a couple of uh, GCD cars there for, I think it was the second of the Porsche, wasn't it? Nick Sandy going through that chicane at uh, turns five and six. It's cost him a fair bit of ground. Golly, it's uh, it's non-stop action. I mean, super intense, really uh, mentally demanding of all of the cars drivers in all of the classes right now. Threading the needle there was uh, Nick Tandy. Uh, as you might expect, he is in third position, still only 1.8 seconds behind the leader and had to make a decision between the two yellow cars, the 77 Volt Racing Porsche and the number 12 Lexus RCF. And Nick Tandy being Nick Tandy, didn't want to wait until the next piece of straight. That is about wide enough for a 963. Yeah, it was about 1.1 963s with that gap. And therefore, that was clearly perfectly enough yeah. for Nick to go through. When you've grown up racing mini stocks on, uh, on dirt ovals, you see a gap and you go through it as quickly uh, as possible. So people to run is stretched out to 1.1 seconds. Now, I've, in all of this, I have to say I've uh, completely lost when everybody uh, pitted. So when when did everybody last pit, Jeremy? 31, 7 and 6. That was uh, all, well, all the leaders pitted under yellow, which was on lap 32. So uh, that was uh, since since green, we've had uh, 16 laps of green and uh, eight laps of uh, yellow. So it's been a little while yet before they need to come on to pit lane. But once again, the fastest car on track is Harry Ticknell. He's absolutely flying in car number 59. One minute 16.1 last time around. The previous lap was 116.5. The previous lap was 116.3. Uh, and he's absolutely flying. The car, the, that car's best lap of the race was 115.8. The fastest lap of the race was 115.5 by, you know, that was the number seven car in the early stages uh, for Matt Campbell, the pole sitter. But Tickle, he's off strategy with everybody else, having, having had to serve that penalty 
a little while ago, but he is flying. He's dropped down in ninth position. He is uh, just coming round to turn 12 at the moment, and that has put him some, what, 30 seconds or so uh, behind the leader of the race, but he's still on the lead lap. Durrani just heading down Ullman Boulevard towards turn seven now as Harry comes through and crosses the line now and clicks on to lap number 58. So, yeah, like I say, about third, oh, actually about 44 seconds behind. He's had a bit of traffic there, but still on the lead lap, so still in, in the running, but with a bit of ground to make up, and maybe, just maybe, they're going to have to play some strategic cards going forward. We'll be looking for the BDO Nose Strategy Award. Uh, charitable donation uh, to the team that wins that or the individual that wins it uh, uh, of their choice and also a very lovely uh, trophy that have been uh, being awarded at the end of each of the IMSA Weather Tech Sports Car Championship races this year and we'll see how that plays out at the moment we haven't really seen uh, enough of uh, green flag racing and strategy to really work out who's done the right things, Jeremy. Um, there's been some people on track who've done the wrong things, quite clearly, um, but not sure that we can say... Oh, there's a couple of people who took their chances just before the, the, last, the, the last yellow, wasn't there? And, and that may yet pay, pay out, play out in their favour. Yeah, certainly in the, in the uh, GT ranks there with uh, the WeatherTech Mercedes and the uh, two hard racing Aston Martins making that move. That certainly worked uh, worked out extremely well for them, having made their pit stops before the yellow flag. So when everybody else packed up behind the safety car, they stayed out on track and moved from the back, which is where they fall after their pit stops, to the front while everybody else takes on service and, uh, and then will resume behind those three cars to make their stops earlier on. So that certainly played out in their favour and that's the, the those are the biggest movers I think so far all of a sudden people Durrani has squeezed away 2.3 seconds if there was a little cushion there before there's a very nice comfortable two piece sofa there now and 2.2 seconds is the gap Tandy closing in on Felipe and Nasser but it's traffic 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 and Porsche keys to the race use the Opportunities to get by because you're going to have to have patience through the twisties. Be nimble with your strategy and take the track position when you can get it. And let's be honest, both of those two Porsches there, they should have been first and second. They did not react to race control's instructions quickly enough. And that's cost them. Nick Tandy also lost the second place as well in all of that kerfuffle uh, just after the restart actually that was in the yeah. classes Louis Delatraz leads LMP2 for Tower Motorsport now by a uh, very pleasant for him 13.3 seconds over PR1 Matheson Motorsport 8 from 52 from Mikkel Jensen for TDS in third place Paul Luke Shatland have taken over the car that was being uh, was in the lead by, uh, and when it was being driven by Ben Keating Garrett Grist for Junior 3 Racing still leads in the number 30 LMP3 
but now it's MLT Motorsport. That's, we mentioned to go to Dickerson. He's been driving that MLT number 54. Really had some engine problems that team earlier on in the weekend, but they have uh, have got around those, and Dakota Dickerson driving that car very well indeed to second, Jeremy. Indeed so, indeed so. Whittled the gap down just a little bit to Garrett Wrist. It was over three seconds. It's now, what was it last time around? Oh, yikes. It, oh, yeah, there's a car between them now, isn't it? Because uh, Michael Jensen's moved, moved his way between them. But it's uh, inside a couple of seconds now, I think, between those two leaders in LMP3. They're, they're behind, or the, the LMP2 cars, other than number 852, are behind because they made their pit stops under green flag conditions after the restart in order to make their driver changes. Number 8 and 52, as we talked about earlier on, they made their stop, uh, their driver change uh, with a second pit stop under yellow before we went back to the green. So even though they started, uh, they restarted behind the other cars, they were able to uh, escape now and they've got a pretty handy lead. Uh, 22 seconds, uh, Chatin is now ahead of Mikkel Jensen in third position. Uh, so those two different strategies, a great strategic course, certainly for Tower Motorsports and PR1. And Louis Delatraz has extended that lead quite rapidly over the last few laps uh, between number eight himself and number 52 car chasing of Paul-Luc Chatin. Relatively queer, yeah, clear laps there for our race leader, Pipo Durrani. 16-1 for him, or both, both the two leaders. 1.6 seconds between them at the moment. And... Uh, for, for the first time in a while, they managed to turn three laps in the 16s consecutively. I fancy that might change fairly rapidly. Might be right there, Jeremy. Colin Brown on the fight back as well after coming to pretty much a dead stop, turn one. A bit of damage, I think, on that car as well, wasn't there? Uh, at the start of the race, necessitating a, a nose change. There's a joke in there somewhere about more rhinoplasty than something but I think that'll probably be severely career limiting if I go any further down that track uh, at the moment but insert, insert uh, you know a phrase of your own choice uh, after that but we have had more ch no changes than I've seen for a very very long time through the classes here uh, he's in 7th position some 1 minute away from the leader just put in a 116.7 Philippe Nasa trying to claw back the leader and Nick Tandy coming through with them as well and it's these little pockets of traffic that are just proving difficult for the two Penske Porsche Motorsport cars to try and get that gap back it's always difficult for the leader of course you're the first one to come on the pockets of traffic and sometimes you can kind of wake people up if they're having their own battles and everybody's having their own battles here at the moment Durrani on the far side of the circuit with two LMP3 cars flashes his headlights comes round the outside of both of them and is pushed to the outside wall as he breaks for turn 12 and that's going to give an opportunity for Philippe Nasser to close in on him he's got to swip, switch to the right hand side then back with the legs and Nasser's right there exactly what we were talking about now accelerating round the outside of the two junior prototypes and onto the front straight the 74 Riley one of those and NASA is right there traffic giveth traffic taketh away down towards turn one and this race is reinvigorated NASA to the right and a big lock up by the leader he's gone wide and the Porsche's through retakes the lead and here's Nick Tandy he'll go around the outside as well he's on the correct side of the track for the right hander 
and there is the an un, very uncharacteristic mistake by people Durrani frustrated by the two battling junior brought the tapes in front of him got caught up going through 12 and 13 and then made the mistake on the brakes going into turn one Felipe Naza leads from Nick Tandy who wants to be by on his teammate a tiny error from uh, Pete Durrani Jeremy he was going into turn one maybe distracted by the Sean Creech Motorsport number 33 car in front of him but at that point he'd ran wide Nasser went through and Nick Tandy needed no second invitation either great stuff and uh, that battle of the, of the LMP3 cars they came they negotiated at 12, turn 12, 13, 14 that was a battle for, for uh, fifth position between Josh Burden and Guillermo Oliveira that was a great little battle they were having and they, they were having their own race which they're quite entitled to do it's up to the, two, to, to the leaders to find their way past, which they did. And then, as you say, uh, people Durrani just left his brake. It just a fraction too late at turn one, slid wide. Uh, the uh, pursuing car initially of uh, Felipe Nasser also locked, his up, locked up with brakes, but not nearly so badly as the race leader. And that enables him to uh, sneak through and into the lead. And it's going to be an uphill battle now, I think, for anybody other than the Porsche Penske Motorsport pair to win this race. Great stuff. Nick Tandy wants his lead back, <laughs> I think, as well. So just coming down to the last one hour, 60 minutes to go. And 65 laps having been completed. And, well, we said a little bit untidy. We hope for something a little more usual. And, you know, issues in traffic, that you've, you've got to take that in multi-class racing. And we've got all of the classes here all five classes effectively, although four different types uh, ruled sets of cars in five classes because there's two GT classes that use uh, identical uh, performance cars. And you're always going to be struggling if you are the cars at the front of the field. Philippe Naza now with a three-quarters of a second lead. But a huge amount of traffic right in front of them. And is this the opportunity? Where is Pete Durrani? He's dropped well back, 3.2 seconds back. So as the Porsches come through the traffic, another lock up by the leader, and here comes Nick Tandy. As he closes on, his teammate goes to the... Oh, there's a touch between the two Porsche Penske Motorsport cars as they went through the chicane. They've both gone across the white line there. Nick Tandy still trying to get through on Ullman Boulevard as they go down towards turn number seven, three wide, and the track wasn't enough. They were off the white line on drivers left there. And Felipe Naza defending relatively stoutly, even though that, that is his teammate behind him, Jeremy. Yeah, wow. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, prestige at straight stake here, isn't there? Uh, team pride as well. You want to be, you've got to play the team game, but at the same time, you want to be our top dog, particularly at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with the boss watching on. Roger Pinsky uh, not only owns a team, owns a track, owns well, just about everything in motor racing. He is Mr. Motor Racing. What a uh, what a fantastic uh, ambassador he has been for the sport over these many many years. Uh, and he's done everything. I mean, he's driven competitively himself. He's owned massively successful teams, owned racetracks, just everything about it. And he's a class act all the way around it. Each of these two drivers at the wheel of, this, the, of his cars right now want to win this race. That was rather too close for comfort. And I yeah. can imagine the phone call coming in to those two 
uh, something along the lines of play nicely, chaps. Um, there yeah. may be other words involved uh, in that, <laughs> uh, in fairness. Are we, are we just seen a slew of pit stops there in GTD. We've got an hour to go now so that the GTD cars can get to the end from here. We just saw number 14 car was in, number one car was in, number three car was in, um, and now several others uh, following suit yeah, as well. Let's get the, uh, the details on that shit. Adam was watching, and we've also got some GTP action as well, shit. Yes, the 60 Meyer Shank Racing Acura is into the pit lane. This is fuel and tires, no driver change. Colin Brown staying aboard. New dad, Colin Brown, who's about, what, four days into parenthood as far as that is concerned. As far as the GTDs who came in, we had the 66 Grady Racing Acura, the 96 Turner Motorsport BMW, the 57 Windward Racing Mercedes, the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW, the 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus, the three Corvette, and the 23 Art of Racing Aston Martin, all doing fuel and tires. The 27 part of Racing Aston Martin, that's the GTD car. Fuel tires and a driver change. Roma DeAngelis finally jumping out of the car, handing over to Marco Sorensen. And a change also for Cawthorn Preston Motorsports. They did a driver change as well as the fuel and tires. Okay. So I, I reckon that that's a tiny bit early for Colin Brown to get to the end, Jeremy. 57 minutes to go. He, he'll have to do a bit of fuel saving, do we reckon, in that number 60 accurate? Yeah, a little bit of fuel save probably, but um, you know, it, it's, there could be a caution period any time, can't they, out there on the racetrack. So if there is a caution period, they should be fine to get to the end, uh, I would suggest. So uh, you know, it's, they're, they're at the back of the pack in any case. So take that gamble. It's worth a risk. They were in seventh position really making up much ground they had closed in on the two cars ahead of them which was a number zero one and a number ten uh, colin brown was as much as four seconds behind him only about seven or eight laps to go he closed up that gap uh, and uh, so what the heck you know they think they, it's it with fuel save they can get to the end from here and if there's a caution it should be fine on fuel and they've made what will be their final pit stop here's nick tandy going for the lead into the first corner identical porsche 963 as he swings back to the left hand side to try and get the cut back on Philippe Nasser. they are now 5.2 seconds ahead of people durani since they've gone past the brazilian in the wheel in engineering cadillac just that little lot up he's not had the pace he's uh, four or five tenths of a second a lap away from what's going on at the front of the field nick tandy did a 17-4 last time around 17-6 from conor de Filippi. that's a two second two tenths of a second gain on people to Rani. that bmw's not out of it yet either jeremy just 10 seconds away from the lead and only five seconds away from the podium yeah uh, but uh, i don't think able to uh maintain pace certainly not with the, with the Porsches uh, potentially with the Cadillacs yes uh, but uh, again you talked about it earlier on track position important and the number 31 car has that right now oh Porsche keys the race in the Michelin countdown of green track position always going to be important don't forget although the checkered flag ends this race in 56 minutes time it's only to start the conversation our Michelin post race tech show exclusively live on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels, give you, gives our IMSA radio and IMSA TV audience the chance to ask questions. We'll get them answered. We'll have some uh, of the drivers who've made the headlines talking to us live as well. IMSA uh, radio and IMSA TV audience. It's just on IMSA radio, that, by the way, RS2, 
uh, and that is Michelin Post Race Tech hashtag Michelin PRT to at IMSA Radio on the platform formerly known as Twitter now let's pick up some other battles uh, third and fourth position uh, under dispute at the moment in LMP3 with Garrett Grist and Matt Bell Matt Bell using traffic there and going through for AWA Matt Bell originally from the northeast of England not raced here before that was a nice use of the Porsche that was right there actually the 77 Volt car just uh, recently out of the pits and came through and just got involved in that for a moment and so that is a change of position the AWA car up into third so that's both the Junior 3 racing cars dropping down in LMP3 which is led by Wayne Boyd now for uh, a uh, for AWA yeah. Garrett Bristol in second yeah pit stops correct they've just come out the pits so that was an outlap for Matt Bell and Garrett Grist uh, and DM de Oliveira so Matt Bell switching on the Michelin tyres and the Duquesne a little bit quicker than Garrett Grist Matt a very experienced driver Mike Rockenfeller comes into the pits for JDC Miller Motorsports 54 minutes remaining well that's more like it Jeremy that is more like it for Mike Rockenfeller 50 seconds away from the lead as he came into the pit lane uh, but he shouldn't have to come back in again Correct. Um, the number 60 car, they would definitely take a gamble there on there being another caution period. Uh, so I think from now, it should be no problem to get to the end. And Mike Rockefeller, uh, the first uh, should be able to do so and run full rich to the end. He was running in the uh, AA, well, seventh position with the 60 car having stopped. Yeah. But um, you know, he certainly doesn't have uh, enough speed, it would appear, to be a, a major trouble to anybody else ahead of him. Now, Shea Adam was watching that. Uh, looked like a set of scrubbed tyres. Was that a full set that went on there, Shea, to Rockefeller's car? Negative. Only left side tyres for Mike Rockefeller as they are waiting on the energy replenishment to be completed. I.e. fuel going in the car and actual energy going back in the car to recharge the batteries. Brakes are smoking on this number five JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche 963. And Mike Rockefeller takes back out on the track. Team doesn't want to see it until after the checkered flag. Thank you very much. <laughs> Indeed, so been a great story for John Church uh, and indeed for Proton and Christian Reed to two Porsche customer teams here in IMSA. Uh, we've had Proton also racing uh, a similar looking car, slightly different specification in WEC uh, for the Porsche, um, and so they've had a little more experience in, in running that car. Whether yeah. we'll see, uh, certainly see John Church back next year. Uh, some discussion about whether we'll see Proton for the whole season or perhaps just some of the longer races. It looks like the Hertz team Jota second car that we thought might do the longer races here. If they can get the entry to the WEC, Sam Hignett and talking to uh, John De Geese at Sports Car 365 saying that that is that they look like they want to concentrate on the FIA WEC but don't worry we've got plenty more GTPs coming next year and that's going to make I think we're going to have double figures of GTPs pretty much at every race again and there'll be more than that in some of the big races the longer races five Michelin Endurance Challenge races next year including one here of indeterminate length so far that hasn't been announced expect to get the the details of next year's calendar that was missing that included as well as Intimate 2 Mazda MX-5 
and the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup. Hopefully get that at Petit Le Mans. Uh, I do wonder whether the experience here might uh, make IMSA think about which classes they have here for that race next year. So, into the pit lane for the Proton. And the number 59 car. Slightly, I, I talked about the differences. The slight differences in the air or the back of the car between the two homologations for IMSA and WEC. But the biggest work that you have to do if you were going to bring one car to, from one to the other is actually nothing to do with performance at all. And that's going to be a four Michelin tyre stop. Nothing to do with the performance. It's actually do, to do with the measurement of the car by the series. There's a series specified and provided wiring loom for all the series monitoring systems in real time including the torque sensors on the uh, on the drive shafts and various other bits and pieces and they are completely different between IMSA and the FIA WEC it's a 12 hour job one of the teams told me to swap those over so when we say not the work of a moment we mean not the work of a moment 6 hours and all classes here next year is what we're being told so with the additional cars how many can we have here what is the upper limit we've had uh, 48 today it's a it's a long pit lane but what is the track licensed for in terms of multi-class racing at this level I think we've got problems with pit lane space here Jeremy we can probably double the size of the field but I'm not sure that um, that would give us the entertainment that we would hope for. We've got plenty of cars here right now. It's super busy out there. It's awfully difficult to keep track of it. Uh, to be frank, uh, perfectly honest, I'm not sure we need uh, another 20 or 30 out there. But uh, you, you, you raised the point earlier on that IMSA is going to have problems next year fitting all the cars that are uh, seemingly going to be entered in each of the classes all around. It's a nice problem to have, though. Yeah, and I think some people are going to miss out, um, uh, which is, you know, unfortunate um, for them. But, it's, you know, as uh, John Doonan said, it's a, it's a great problem to have. But we, we should have a, a, an entry list, at least with the cars and teams at Petit Le Mans for 2024. They might not have all the drivers on, obviously deals still being done. Um, but we should have an entry list for the full season entries. Driver, drivers in November. In for the Konica Minolta Acura. Oh, is that the rear wheels just spinning there a little bit? Shit, Adam is there. Funny, but I did see them attempting to take them off the wheel nut, not actually functioning. Four scrub Michelin tires going on this car. And as you would hope, the last thing to be done is the fueling, the refueling and the re-energy replenishmenting, if you will. I'm making up your words now, but that's fine. Waiting on that, a lengthy stop for the energy replenishment. Now, Felipe Albuquerque goes out for this final stint and coming in two pit boxes further behind them will be the Whalen Engineering Cadillac because Pippo Durrani has to get out of that car. Alexander Sims is yet to drive. 55 cars this year was the maximum here. We had 48. The other question I want to know about next year, which I presume we'll find out at... Petit Le Mans, Saturday or Sunday race. My money 
is still on a Saturday night race into the darkness. We've had that yesterday and it was great. Loved it. Really atmospheric. And the, I think the idea is to have the WeatherTech race on network television next year. You can find out about broadcasting as well for next year at Petit Le Mans when uh, John Doonan, the president of IMSA, stands up to do the state of the series. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, John? State of the sport, sorry. I hope it's Saturday. I really hope it is a Saturday night race um, for the WeatherTech. Of course, that would mean that the race leader would, in uh, as the race leader comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And this will be their last stop with just 46 minutes to go. Shea Adam is watching Philippe Nazar into the pits, which means Nick Tandy takes over the lead. I presume he'll be in next time around, Shea. What's happening down there? Felipe Nasser is getting four tires for this car. Very lightly scrubbed in Michelin rubber as well as fuel. No driver change for the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. It is also four, but slightly more scrubbed in Michelin tires. And the driver change is going on right now. Alexander Sims jumping aboard Pimbudurani. Not even having a good grace to be tired enough to stroll over to the wall. He runs and then jumps up onto it. The car is off the air jacks, waiting on the energy replenishment. Now let's see which of these cars is going to get moving first. I would think the Cadillac might just have that trick up their sleeve, but no, the 7 is off and moving and has a car in the fast lane, needs to cede to the 04 crowd strike entry, Ben Hanley behind the wheel, the Cadillac is still sitting in the box, now it goes to leave, and the Porsche, very impatient, wants to get around the LMP2 car, because it knows it's going to have to hand off, handle off Alexander Sims. Back out and off the pit lane speed limiter as in comes Nick Tandy. Uh, and so Shea Adam doesn't have to move very far to see Nick into the pit lane for his final stop under the watchful eye of Roger Penske, Shea. Apologies about that, John. They really should have just turned around and seen the purple headlights on the number six prototype. Nick Tandy staying aboard for this one. And again, lightly scrubbed Michelin tires going on all four corners of this car. Windshield tear off. The crew really likes Nick if they want him to be able to see. Waiting on the energy replenishment and the fuel to continue on. And the guy actually with the nozzle attached to the car shaking his head in disbelief at how long this takes. Because once again, he is the last crew member touching this car. We're at 29, 30, 31, 32, 30. And far as time in this car, stationary in the pit box. Now, Nick Tandy leaves 36 seconds stationary in the pit box. And let's see where he cycles out on the racetrack. I think he's still safely ahead. Well, on the outlap, the seven was off the circuit. That might have cost him a couple of seconds. Nick Tandy rolling. This is for the lead of the race, current effective lead of the race. Currently, that is held by Conor de Felipe, but he'll pit now. The seven of Felipe Nasser is onto the front straight, and Nick Tandy's out, and he's blending back into turn two. The two Porsches have swapped in the pit lane, or at least in the pit stop exchange, Jeremy, and Nick Tandy is back to the front for the first time since that full course caution came out, what, a, over, well over an hour ago. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? And uh, yeah, that uh, if if he was off the road, yeah, that could have been that costly, a costly slip for that number seven car. 
And into the pit lane for Conor De Filippi. Sheer Adam is there watching more strategy playing out. New Michelins, but they are left sides only for Conor De Filippi. They had the time to change all four, but they elected not to. Maybe they think that having a bit of heat in the right side tires will help Conor on his outlap. Yeah, there's a replay locked up at turn seven, did uh, car number seven. You know, we've talked about it all season long, how difficult it is to get these Michelin tires up to optimal pressures and temperatures. And that's a perfect example of it right there for the uh, number seven car at turn seven. Cost them several seconds there and almost certainly enough uh, to uh, give up the lead to Nick Tandy, who's just going to make sure he doesn't do this, make the same sort of mistake. I mean, it's really tricky out there in these GTP cars with all that, all that energy that they have to to, uh, to put down onto the road. Just under 43 minutes to go. This race, six hours next year, with all of the classes and a potential of 55 cars. If you've been entertained this year. Make sure you're already thinking about next. And if you're here on the ground and you're not dashing away, on a bit of time tomorrow, get into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. Give yourself a couple of hours or so to have a wander around there. Absolutely fantastic place to go. Thoroughly recommended. About to undergo some improvements. I'm not sure what they could do to improve it, to be honest. It is absolutely fantastic, but huge investment. Uh, going into the museum as well as the rest of the facilities here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. At IMSA Radio, hashtag Michelin PRT for your questions, points arising or things that you have noticed on the two hours and 40 minute race. And we are into the last 40 minutes or so, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, just look at the uh, LMP2 uh, class cars. They've all made their pit stops, well, uh, made pit stops, most of them have at least, within the last uh, uh, eight or ten minutes. But what's interesting about that is number 52 car was the first to come onto pit lane, uh, and I reckon there was 48 minutes to go. I don't think they can do 48 minutes. I think that's a problem. The number eight car was in two laps later. On uh, That was uh, 46 minutes to go, which, again, I think is a bit of a stretch. So those cars, those two cars that made the stop under, uh, made the second stop under caution to make their driver changes, number 52 and number eight, uh, that uh, worked out well there. But without there being yet at least any other caution period since then, do they have enough fuel to get to the end from here? I think it's going to be really, really tight. A couple of people asking about track temperature. It's gone up to 28 Celsius. Uh, that is... 82 Fahrenheit just for Kashiti Venketeshwa who's tuning in and was wondering about where that was in terms of the track temp at IMSA Radio if we can answer any of your questions through this part of the race we will and of course in Michelin Post Race Tech hashtag Michelin PRT uh, if you're going to stay with us that's live and exclusive on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. All free, no blocks, no breaks. Global broadcasting for IMSA Radio, as it has been for the last seven or so years. Nick Tandy then, seven seconds to the good now from his teammate 
Philippe near Nazareth. Connor de Philippe now up in the third place ahead of Alexander Sims in fourth. Fifth is Colin Brown. So what, John, there's a tremendous battle going on in uh, LMP3. Uh, I think everybody has made their final pit stops now. And Wayne Boyd in number 17 yeah. AWA cars leapfrogged his way to the front by about uh, two and a half seconds over he, Garrett Grist, yeah. number 30. But right behind Garrett Grist, number 74 and 54. So uh, a really good battle there for second place at the moment. Could that become a three-car battle as uh, Nick Tandy has uh, uh, extended his lead at the front? Now he's way out in front, eight seconds plus now the lead over Nasser. And can Conor Di Filippi close in on the Porsche? I don't think so, in third position. The other gainer during that round of pit stops in GTP, John, was the number 60 car for uh, Maya Shank Racing. The question, however, is can it get to the end yes. without another stop? 24 seconds away from the lead. Uh, Wayne Boyd's been doing great work for AWA. First time here, uh, and he's piloted that to Kin very nicely, the number 17 car. Uh, he got in, I think, during the, the last yellow, didn't he? He's been in, he's effectively going to be doing a double uh, as far as his driving is concerned. And he was, uh, he was hassling the junior three cars uh, for some time and actually led the race on the pit stop cycle before. I seem to remember mentioning his name in one of the uh, VP racing rundowns that we did as, uh, as leading the race ahead of Junior 3, but I'm not sure they were all on the same pit stop, uh, uh, same number of pit stops completed at that time, uh, to be honest. But he's converted that, as you rightly say, Jeremy, into a, a four-second lead now over Garrett Grist for Junior 3 racing the 30 car in second then it's Josh Burton for the number 74 the blue and red car the Ranch 74 Riley machine that's to Kane from Leisure from Leisure and MLT Motorsports in fact uh, Dakota Dickerson's just gone through into third position past Garrett Grist as they were coming uh, through that time around yeah. they both passed Garrett Grist haven't they Josh Burden and uh, Dakota Dickerson yeah Matt Bell who was having that scrap with Garrett Grist on the outlap as down in fifth position. And Guillaume de Oliveira for the other Junior 3 car, the 29, uh, is in sixth position. But it's a good run for the green and black car. The far side of the circuit now, going through the S's. And with a bit of, for once, a bit of clear air. Actually, he's heading down towards turn 12. He dropped down in, back into the infield. This is effectively going through the short shoot the wrong way. And into where the pit lane entry is. He stays out, cuts the car to the left-hand side, rides the blue and white kerbs, and now lines the car up to get the throttle on all the way down that long start-finish straight, long down the front straight. Yeah, he's done a really good job. And uh, all of the... Uh championship rounds for LMP3 this season, the, the, the season-long championship rounds, of which Daytona the Roach 24 was not won, have been won so far by number 74 cars, so uh, everybody else at the class is looking to break that streak, and for this number 17 uh, team, they've been you know, knocking on the door and uh, Wayne Boyd and Anthony Mantello who's done, once again did, did, again did a really good stint, uh, the uh, Toronto Canada native uh, before handing over to the Northern Irishman Wayne Boyd in position right now and Wade's, Wayne has turned some really really nice laps 
over the last few laps and extended his lead over that battle for second base. Josh Burden in number 74 has moved his way up into second now, now, but doesn't seem to be making any ground at this stage with only 35 minutes remaining on the Northern Irishman. Meanwhile, uh, out front, uh, that uh, strategy of staying out longer in number 25 BMW, uh, before the round of pit stops, number 25 BMW was about five seconds behind the number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac. It's now nine seconds yeah. ahead and extending its lead over the Cadillac. It's the BMW car number 25 in third place. Yeah, good stuff from the BMW M team, RLL, the M Hybrid V8. Might that be one of our nominations for the BDO Nose Strategy Award? Let's go through the other categories we've talked about. At Tower and TDS and PR1 in LMP2, 8, 11 and 52, your top three. We've just been talking about LMP3. The top four in GT are all GTD Pro cars. It's Patrick Peelier back in the front for FAF Motorsport. How did that happen after that early penalty and the mistake by his teammate breaking, uh, breaking formation before the line? They've got 4.6 seconds on Daniel Hunkadea. Good question. Yes. Well, they've been helped with a couple of safety cars, but if but even so, that is pretty stout by Faf Motorsport. They're very good at stealthing their way through the field. WeatherTech racing in second for the number nine, uh, 79 of Daniel Hunkadea in the Mercedes. Third different manufacturer in third. Now, that was a bit of a strategy ploy by Harter Racing Team. They gambled on the when the yellow might come out. And Roskun in third position now in their GTD Pro car with Ben Barnicott for Vassar Sullivan and Alexis RCF GT3. Uh, in a great position for the championship because the Corvette of Tonio Garcia is behind him in fifth. In GTD, Brian Sellers, and possibly here again, uh, an opportunity for a BDO nomination. They lost a few positions from Paul Miller Racing, but they're back at the front with Brian Sellers. Just half a second, though, ahead of Phil Ellis for Winwood Racing in the AMG 57. And third, it's Loris Spadeni for the Lamborghini. Pass on the track down at turn one, GTP action, and that was for fifth position. Philippe Albuquerque in the blue and black uh, Acura overtakes Colin Brown in the white and pink Acura. New fifth yeah. place. Yeah, and not a lot of love, love lost between those two teams, has to be said, but uh, clearly Colin Brown is just in no position to fight. I think he is uh, having to save fuel as much as he possibly can and just unable to offer any sort of a, a fight to Philip Albuquerque, who goes past quite cleanly. And next to be looming in his mirrors will be Renga van der Zander in the 0-1 Cadillac, who's about six and a half seconds behind him at the moment. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and John Hindor for the last 32 minutes. Is there a battle still to be had at the front of the field? Are there some more headlines to be written? Tower Motorsport TDS PR1 round about 10 seconds between the top three in LMP2 about the same actually as well in P3 the front of the field Nick Tandy has got 10 seconds on the field at the moment in yeah, fact nearly gone. 11 and he's got no fuel worries they timed that perfectly and that has been a super run uh, let's go to Shea Adam. Uh, we were pausing, uh, which actually was more of a rhetorical question about how Faf got themselves back to the lead in GTD Pro. But Shea, 
um, with her inquisitive mind and nature, has sought out an answer for us. <laughs> I wandered up and I asked Steve Bortolotti, and thanks again to Steve for being so candid. Uh, I said, how did you just faff your way to the front of the field once again? And he laughed and said, we owe you a pit stop. We're not going to make it. I said, how close are we? And he goes, a really, really, really long yellow, like to the end of the race. Right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, they've been down the pit lane three times, but of course, one of those was the uh, drive-through penalty. Uh, and uh, so that is not then a true position. Nick Tandy carving his way through traffic. Thank you, Steve Portolotti, for that, by the way. As uh, he's always tells us the truth. Good set of people. We've got some great people in our pit lane, haven't we, Jeremy? It's really good that Shea can pop to pit. At nine times out of ten, she'll get an answer. Uh, nine and a half times out of ten, actually, <laughs> to be honest. Phil Ellis still hassling the back of Brian Sellers in the battle for GTD honours with Laura Spinelli there. That's 1.4 seconds between the top three in GTD, the red, white and black number one BMW from the Mercedes of Wimwood Racing, the sort of dark grey blue car, and then Laura Spinelli in the Lamborghini with the green on it. Got great, I mean, in the classes, Jeremy, that, that have variety, so take out LMP2 in that, it's a Duquesne from Elysia from Elysia from a Duquesne uh, in LMP3, it's a two Porsches, a BMW, a Cadillac uh, and two Acuras in the top six uh, in GTP, in GTD Pro Porsche, Mercedes, Aston, Lexus and GTD, BMW Mercedes, um, um, Lamborghini Aston BMW in the, in the top three. Oh, problems! And that is Alexander Sims, who's gone straight on at turn one, the first, fourth place car for Wheel and Engineering. This is the number 31 car with the red front. Missed his breaking point at turn one. Sort of found the escape road, but not without, I'm afraid, maiming a couple of the bollards down there. Decided to bail out pretty early and then didn't quite get the pace down and just about got through onto the escape road. Really, really fortunate there. Bit of cadence braking to try and unlock the right front Michelin tyre so it doesn't flat spot it. These tyres have got to go to the end of the race, Jeremy. And uh, he did actually a reasonably good job there after making the mistake. He did get through that escape road. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that, that is true, yeah. But um, and the good news is he has 10 seconds in hand over uh, Philip Albuquerque, who's next up to the road behind him. So uh, by going through that escape route, as we saw last night in the Mission Pilot Challenge race, if you nail it properly, you lose barely any time at all going through there, which I think is wrong, but uh, that's the way it is. Uh, and I don't think there's any penalty for, for hitting those bollards and they're not really going to damage the car because these cars are pretty stout. So I think that's something that needs to be changed, quite frankly. Well, uh, uh, it's, you need to a dead Jeremy, on the Le Mans chicane on the back straight, you've got to come to a dead stop, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and then go again. Um, and that, yeah. that would be a simple thing to do that. Uh, if he was doing an auto test, that would be uh, two, five seconds, wouldn't it? He would get out of it. Yeah. Hitting the yeah, courts. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, in order to cross it, you, you're okay to go on the grass. That's not a problem. But yeah, yeah. the pollard is a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Auto testing and auto grassing. Done both. Great fun. Great way to yeah, get into motorsport. Fun. Love doing auto tests. 
flicking the car around, handbrake turns, reverse flicks. Oh, now you're talking my language. Uh, at the front of the field of GTD, we mentioned this, uh, it's Brian Sellers with Phil Ellis of Winwood Racing right behind the Paul Miller Racing BMW. They've clinched a title by starting uh, at the moment, uh, uh, earlier on, as Patrick Peeler, by the way, has been in and out in that FAF Motorsport number nine car. That seeds the lead of the pro class to Daniel Hunkadea for WeatherTech Racing, Ross Gunn second for Harter Racing, and Barnicut, Ben Barnicut third. So Mercedes, Aston, and Lexus. But at the front of the GTD field, it's just been broken up a little bit as some yeah. prototype traffic came through, and Aaron Tealitz. Uh, in the pit lane for what should be his last stop, Shea Adam. Yeah, and it was fuel and four scrub Michelin tires going on the number 12 Lexus of Aaron Tealitz. Remember, he's slightly off sequence because of the contact with the McLaren between Frankie Montecalvo. When Frankie was able to get in straight away, that was great action. But the Lexus team making their final stop. You were talking about the championship for GTD. Well, Palmola Racing simply needs to finish one spot ahead of the 27 Heart of Racing Aston Martin to not even need to start Petit Le Mans, a gap that has never been done before in IMSA history. I, I pretty much the same in GTD Pro as well, actually, because there's only five cars in GTD Pro, uh, and if there's only five cars at uh, Petit, then uh, if the I think if Ben Barnicus and, ben, and Jack Hawkson can finish where they are right now in third position, I think that would be good enough to uh, clinch it for them. Uh, uh, They'll have to start Petit, I think, but yes. Yes, um, yes they'll have to start. If yes. it stays as it is in GTD, uh, Paul Miller can go on holiday. Uh, they won't even have to show up. I, it, I, good point. I, Except the fact that they are, still, they are still in contention for the Endurance Cup well, as well ex- for a clean sweep. Exactly what I was going to say. Yikes. Um, what a season. This would, if they can hold on to this, this would be their sixth win on the season. Uh, and... Uh, five's never been done before, so they're breaking records every time they take another victory. There's been a problem for Felipe Nazar. I think he's been off the track in that number seven. Porsche Penske Motorsport car just looks a little more dusty, and he was going a little slower than I would have expected him to be going at that part of the track, at the early part of the track. We'll see if we can pick that up. Actually, he was coming through the S's into turn 11. Uh, through turn 11 and coming into turn 12-13 might have been just a, a trick of the camera angle there but at the moment as he crosses the line he's well behind Nick Tandy 7 seconds ahead of Conor de Filippi 12 and a half seconds now behind Tandy Sean Creech Motorsport coming through a gaggle of GT cars and trying to get on terms. Is that the Junior 3 car right ahead of them? May have closed up a little bit to Guillaume de Oliveira. The number 29, 6th and 7th, that would be the battle. Yeah, it is. And the that, that GTD battle is fun, isn't it? Those three oh, yeah. cars. Yeah, absolutely. How long to go? 23 minutes to go. Yeah. Nose to tell. Top three cars. In GTD, yeah. 1.4 seconds between the three of them and Brian Sellers he'll want the win doesn't need the win to take the championship just needs to be ahead of the Harder ah. Racing team 
And there's been a change now in LMP2. Mikkel Jensen, the TDS Racing Car Number 11, has moved ahead of Louis Delatraz. I fancy that Delatraz might have been on massive fuel save because yeah. um, he, had a, he had about a four-second lead last time I looked, which was only three or four laps ago. Uh, and he's now, Mikkel Jensen, has got, in the number 11 car, has moved past Louis Deltraz into the lead of that class. Penalty coming. This is another uh, contact and incident responsibility call. Remember a little while ago, we had that uh, contact involving Kai Van Berlo in the number 91, Kelly Moss Racing. Um, it was the 32 Mike Skeen team caught off car. Now they've had their own um, drive through as well, but this time it's on Kai Van Berlo and he'll have to come down through the pit lane. We'll uh, lose him some track position, sitting in seventh at the moment with Bill Oberlin for Turner Motorsport. Turner Motorsport being unusually quiet today. Fifth and where is Bill? Fifth and eighth opening lap drama, of course, with damage to Bill Oberlin's car. Pat McPeelers just set a new fastest lap in GTD Pro after he came in for his final pit stop. 22 minutes left. There's an awful lot to do for him to get back up anywhere better than fifth position in class. Yeah, it's uh, got no chance. I mean, he, the, only, the only chance he has is another full course caution. Yeah, that's for sure. We'll have new we'll tyres. Yeah, if that's a good point. If he would have new yeah. tyres, better tyres than everybody else. Uh, BDO, no strategy. Keep, I'm going to keep reminding you two of that. Only uh, one winner could be from any of the classes. So get your thinking caps on for that, Shea and Jeremy. At the front of the field, Nick Tandy by 12 seconds. But, uh, Michelin post-race tech coming for you. Hashtag Michelin PRT on RS2, IMSA Radio. After we sign off on the World Feed TV, you can join us for a little bit of extra content there, all free. IMSAradio.com. Hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio. I suspect we'll have quite a lot to talk about, uh, seeing what's already coming in. Uh, oh, wait a minute. So the Paul Miller Racing car has been overtaken by both then. Yeah. The number 57. Last time, no, last that, that's just happened, last time around. Yeah. Um, I said, oddly, Brian doesn't need to win this to win the championship. And yeah. I, I, I just wonder if that was getting um, a little bit edgy. So Phil Ellis for Winwood. Well, what a weekend it could be for Winwood with Bryce... Ward and Daniel Morad winning yesterday in spectacular conditions into the darkness on Saturday night. Can we see a double for the team? That'd be awesome. It was a dive down the inside. Ah, Brian didn't fight that too hard through the S's. And Loris Spinelli taking the opportunity to come through as well. That was the last time yeah. around. Yeah, Brian left the door open there. Yep. No point doing anything. Suddenly bring it home, tie everything up. Have a nice clean car to go on to the final race of the season. But the question now is, what does Lamborghini have for the Mercedes? Because Loris Spinelli, we know how fast he is, 
in Lamborghini Super Trofeo a year or two ago. He's the fastest lap in every single race yes. of the season, which I think is a pretty stout, uh, stout record. Uh, and uh, he's uh, chasing that Mercedes for all he is worth, a Forte Racing Power by U- US Racetronics, the uh, Arrow-sponsored green and black Lamborghini. Looks great, sounds great. And uh, he's charging hard there. Best uh, finish of the season for that team has been a uh, relatively disappointing... Well, they've had four, a fourth-place finish as their best. A bunch of sevenths they've had. But looking now to get onto the podium at least for the first time. Three fastest laps in GTD Pro in a row for Patrick Peele. Uh, th- don't panic, by the way, about the Paul Miller racing car. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that car. Brian let those two cars pass. They pulled away a little bit, and then he's right back onto the back of them. He's, he's just sitting about a second away with the, the best view in the house of that battle for the top step of the podium. And he, he's probably close enough to miss uh, uh, any of the debris if anything goes wrong, um, but close enough uh, to be entertained by the battle that uh, goes on in front of him and, and pick up any of the pieces should there be any uh, little whoopsies from the cars ahead. True that. The uh, number 131 Cadillac now in a very pretty lonely fourth position. Uh, the major, major interest at the moment in GTP is probably the battle for sixth position. Colin Brown has it at the moment, but he's got Renko van der Zander hot on his heels. And close behind him also is Mike Rockenfeller in the number five JDC Sports Porsche as well. So uh, Colin Brown still, I think, saving fuel uh, furiously at the wheel of the number 60 car. I've made their stop almost an hour ago. He's going to see if he can cling on for the remaining 17 minutes yeah, just looking at Philippe Albuquerque as well, he took two seconds out of Alexander Sims last time around time is running out, there's only 18 minutes to go in the battle for fourth position the Cunningham and Alder Acura black and blue number 10 um, however that has changed around this time around as Philippe yeah. Albuquerque hits the traffic that Alex did last lap around and yeah, that's right. there you go two seconds two seconds you can drop down here we were talking about that weren't we on our Michelin countdown to green the Porsche keys to the race have to have the patience it is a bit follow my leader in some places particularly when you've got other classes battling ahead of you that is a lesson that you've got to learn that patience zero one has been caught by the number five yeah, he's been with him now for the last uh, eight, ten laps or so. He caught him up uh, about ten laps ago and uh, has been tracking him very, very closely. So it's been a really good run once again for that JDC Malomo Sports car. And, and uh, closing in on those two, by the way, remains Harry, Harry Ticknell. Uh, he had that uh, served that uh, drive-through penalty quite a while ago now, but he's shown really good pace and they get, he's only ten seconds behind, whereas uh, 50 laps ago the gap was over 20 seconds, so he's more than halved it. So those three cars that we've been talking about, the Acura number 60, the white front of the car with the pink on it for uh, Nation and XM Sirius. XM 207, by the way, if you're listening to uh, get, getting into the car and you don't want to miss the last uh, 15 or 16 minutes, as we always are for the main race of the IMSA weekend. Be the same for Motul Patilamon, the whole 10 hours. Uh, Le Mans 24 hours as well for the past well, decade at least I think probably more than that 15, 16 years thanks to our partnership with uh, XM Sirius 
Check XM service for details, by the way, for our channel numbers. Harry Tickle chopped three seconds off that deficit to those three cars ahead of him on that last lap. Here is that Trueger heading into turn seven now. Still Colin Brown ahead of that little train of cars. Also ahead of the train of cars in GTD is uh, uh, Phil Ellis in that number 57 Windward Racing Boy, whatever the kid it would be. Uh, but uh, can you even... No. Um, so he leads by just about, well, he's got uh, eight or ten carlets over the Lamborghini. He seems to be able to maintain that gap. Thirteen seconds at the front of the field. Between the two Porsche and sports cars. Oh, slow car on the front straight. And there's damage to the right rear of which prototype. Uh, was that was that a junior three car? I think it was Jeremy. I think Garrett Christ. This GM's just gone across the line. Let's see if we can pick up it. It was the 29th. It was GM to Oliveira. Yeah, if there's two cars to pick, I'll pick the wrong one. Uh, it was from turn 14 actually. But he's uh, still rolling has not come into the pit lane. Damage to the left rear of that car, it looked like to me. Mickey Heff, hello, Michael, how are you? Says his Nick Tandy's Porsche, okay to run flat out at the end of the race in terms of fuel. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, I don't think he's going to need to, to be honest. Uh, doesn't no, need to take too many chances, no, does he? Pretty comfortable here for, for Felix Tandy at this stage, John. Two and a half second lead. Uh, his gap's been pretty similar now for the last 15 laps or so. It goes up and down a little bit, but not by very much, and certainly hasn't lost any time. It's actually extended lead just a little bit. Get back to uh, third position from Philippe Dasser to Conor Di Filippi. That's out to nine seconds. That's gone out just a little bit, but again, not by very much. And the gap from Philippe... Di Filippi back to Alexander Sims is also pretty extensive as well. Debris on the track at the exit of turn 14 and the entry to turn one. Race control letting everybody know. It's really nice from Steve Tadman, who's trackside. Tweeted at IMSA Radio. He says, I'm so happy to be watching IMSA and chatting with other fans about the race cars and drivers. It's a massively refreshing change from all of the arguing currently between Formula One fans. Sports car racing is uh, far more friendly, he says. Steve, couldn't agree with you more. And hopefully we do our bit, and our other broadcast colleagues do our bit for that. I don't like promoting um, division. I like uh, promoting togetherness. and Inclusion. Inclusion, yeah. not exclusion. And... Everyone, everyone together, not dividing people apart. Come on in. Look, I'm a big football supporter, and I understand about tribal behaviour in sports. I don't think it's got any place at all in motorsports. And unfortunately, that's been encouraged, and in fact, it was desired by Liberty and Formula One. Uh, they've got it now, and they're paying the price for it in some respects. So it's driving a lot of proper fans away. We don't have that in sports cars, and let's hope we never do. And thank you for passing on that positive uh, experience you've had at Indianapolis Motor Speedway 
this weekend. Huge amount of people on the grid walk and a good take up on the infield camping. Oh, Marty Keck and the, the rest of his family who were there. Jackson, Harry, Reagan, uh, all there this weekend. And there's a number of other uh, Radio Show Limited collective members who are around the place who've been firing in very similar stories to what we've just had there from Steve Tadman. Congratulations to Doug Balls and to everybody at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for making the sports car fan base and their teams uh, making them feel welcome and providing such a great backdrop for this race uh, Henry sorry I said Harry didn't I sorry sorry Henry Henry Keck is sim car driver and I can prove that because we have video uh, it's been a good effort by everybody and a particular thank you to our colleagues at NASCAR Productions who have uh, been outstanding again this weekend. Aaron, thank you. We've always had our exactly normal lines of communication. And with us not being on site, it's made life a little bit more difficult. But uh, the guys in the team, all the lads and lasses have been absolutely fantastic. So Aaron, Keith, D'Alessandro... Of course, all about techs as well as our camera operators and everybody up in Charlotte as well. Kerry, Rob, and Tim oh. have been on duty in London for us. Change of, lead in, change of lead in GTD. 78 car Finally. is in front. And he made that pass on the last lap, lap 96. Spinelli has got past uh, uh, Russ, uh, Phil Ellis for the lead of the class. There is the Arrow Lamborghini. I was going to say Arrow McLaren. Arrow Lamborghini <laughs> of uh, Loris Spinelli, just ahead of that uh, multi-blue hull-hued car. There's damage on the right front of that Lamborghini, Jeremy. I think and there's damage on just about every car that, in the field, quite frankly. That's a fair point, but I'm slightly more worried about this because yes. it is very close to that right front Michelin there. Shea Adams just told me she's checked in. Shea Adams has just told me, not Shea Adams... Um, that's a footballer in the UK. Um, she has just told me that she's checked in with Wimwood and there's no fuel saving required for Phil, so he could go to the end of the race. Another set of people I've got to thank this weekend, by the way, who've been feeding back some great information for us, uh, is the Arwek Discord group, who die-hard fans and... Uh, it's always great to know that they're having their discussions as well and perhaps going and delving a little more into the minutiae than the uh, more casual viewer or listener but that's the uh, the beauty of it if you want to know more our weapon discord I'm sure you know how to get yourself involved in that sort of things all the usual suspects there have been discussing the on and off track action of the past week there's been plenty to talk about and still with one race to go here in IMSA and still the rest of the WEC season as well to be completed completed there's an, ab 
number four car past number 57, not for for class position of course number four car though that's Ben Hanley at the wheel of that car he's just got past Paul Luc Chatin for third position in LMP2 a couple of laps ago and again I think uh, Chatin is uh, saving fuel massively on that PR1 Matheson Motorsports car he made his pit stop a little bit earlier than he would have liked uh, and that's because he made the that team made the decision to change their drivers uh, during Lexus stop after that uh, last surprisingly, the last caution period, which was a long, long time ago. Now that's backfired, unfortunately, because they haven't had enough fuel to get to the end on just one more stop. Those teams that stayed out uh, and uh, did ran a little bit more with their silver or bronze or their bronze-rated driver in LMP2 uh, until after the restart, they were able to make, to the, make it to the end of one more stop, and that has played out in their favour. So it was a nice try, by those two teams, but it hasn't worked out. And for TDS Racing, it absolutely has. Michael Jensen has now got a very handy lead in car number 11 in LMP2, and the number 52 car that goes past Loris Spinelli is now down in fourth position. Last six and a half minutes now. Nick Tandy will be trying to tell himself that he's not hearing any odd noises from the Porsche that leads the race by 12 and a half seconds. Still oscillation down the Ullman Boulevard for that car, bouncing around up and down on what is a pretty flat surface here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He's got traffic ahead of him, uh, including uh, Corvette's not too far ahead. As Paul Loop Shatam pits the PR1 Matheson 52 yeah. car from fourth position. That's a f- splash for fuel, Jeremy. The number eight car is going to have a similar problem, I think. He's, he had a couple of laps in hand over number 52. Might be all he needs. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure that's going to be enough even. He might, he's currently running in second position. That's Louis Delatraz. That car could risk it, Jeremy, because they're not in the championship tower motorsport. But 52 absolutely can't because they're massively in championship contention, aren't they? Good point. So Good point. It's very close in LMP2. They lead... At the moment, by just 40, well, before the weekend, by just 45 points over the number 11 car, which uh, of Michael Jensen and uh, Stephen Thomas. So, if they maintain that position out front, they will take the, be the new leaders in LP2 points going into the final weekend. BMW M Team RLL, the engine note you could hear in the back, at the back of the sound stage there with uh, Conor De Filippi holding on to third position yeah. fourth nice is Alexander job. Sims good job really good mm. job quietly yeah. gone about their business lost the, one of the cars the 24 car early on with accident damage and then repeated uh, repeatedly having to come into the pit lane to try and sort that out Sims for the 31 wheel and engineering team Fairly secure in fifth position. Colin Brown in sixth for the number 60 Acura. And Renger van der Zander for Cadillac in the 0-1. Just two seconds behind Colin Brown, but hasn't been able to close in any further than that. P2, TDS, Tower, CrowdStrike. Ben Handling's doing, been doing a cracking job. Paul Loop shot down back out again and had a decent gap back to Guido van der Garder in the TDS number 35. So I'm not sure he's even lost a position there. I'll wait for them to come through 
next time around. So that's another good reason for the 52 to make sure they have plenty. Top of the shop in GTD. Ooh. Action, contact, change of lead at the S's. And through goes Phil Ellis. That was a big block thrown by the lead Lamborghini. And here comes Brian Sellers to possibly steal away the second position. He's got a lift out of it, though, because he had the leader of the race coming through, Nick Tandy. A smart manoeuvre there by Brian Sellers. Oh, how, how much good of that have cost the championship. And problems with smoke from the right rear of the... What a shame. Of the number 54 car. You get this so close to the end of the race. And this is the third place car in LMP3 for Dakota Dickerson and MLT Motorsports. Can he limp that car home? He only had a couple of seconds. He's gone across the line. And, oh, yeah. tension, I think, Jeremy. Yeah, it's gone. So. It's gone. Yeah. Heartbreak. Podium position. Nailed on for that car. Now, Dakota will get that car off the track because he's a very sensible and heads-up driver. That's going to head-hand Garrett Grist, third position for Junior 3 Racing. Now, let's just recap what happened in GTD. Phil Ellis and the 48, power, 48 Racing powered by US Racetronics Lamborghini came together. Loris Spinelli and he had been battling for a little while. Phil Ellis went through. And he's put 1.4 seconds into Loris Spinelli. Brian Sellers thought about going through, but gave way to the leader of the race coming through. That could have been nasty. Inside the last two minutes now. Yeah. And still I, this race is delivering. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be white flag. It should be white flag next time Correct. around, I believe, for uh, Nick Tandy. 115, the best lap of the race. 117 is what Tandy's doing. And we've got yeah. 132 to go. Now, we've not mentioned EO Racing very much, if at all, uh, in this race. So much going on throughout the rest of the field. Seb Priol in 10th position after that car had a puncture earlier on. He's got Kai van Berlo right behind him, renewing their combative competition from their years in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America. And once again... <laughs> We've got a Fender on a Porsche GT3 car coming loose on the number 91 car. It's the right-hand side, just underneath the just underneath the right headlamp. And we've seen two or three of these happen now. Ah, so contact a lap or so ago between second-place Porsche in the overall, Felipe Nazar, and that MLT Motorsports car. Surely that isn't what caused the problem for Dakota Dickerson, was it? Wouldn't think so, certainly. White flag for Nick Tandy. One more lap of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Stands between the number six Porsche and its second win of the season. A great job by Mathieu Jaminet at the start of the race. Took his opportunity early on. Even though they lost positions in that reshuffle in the middle of the race, weren't listening to race control enough. And uh, that's a lesson they will have taken on board. They'll not make that mistake again, either of the Porsches. 
This will be the third race win for Porsche Penske Motorsport. Their performance levels are going up and up and up. And this, the first car to take points from victory in two races this season. And I, I chose my words very carefully there. Long Beach and here, and the number seven car had uh, won at uh, Road America, of course. At IMS, Porsche wins IMSA. And the battle on the bricks has been taken comprehensively by Porsche Penske Motorsport. The six from the seven is Nick Tandy and Mathieu Jamine take the victory from their teammates Philippe Naza and Matt Campbell. Sheer Adam is down on the pit wall. Well, actually, it's a literal pit wall because we ran out to the racetrack. Matthew Gemini, you are a winner at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How cool is this? Yeah, that's mega. I mean, uh, that was the target this morning. We had a great qualifying. Uh, we had a great weekend so far. I mean, the team, uh, first one to finish. History also of the Porsche 963. So, yeah, I have no words. It's, uh, it's really a mega day for Porsche, for, for Porsche Penske Motorsport as well. In front of Roger, I know for them it feels like a home race. So, uh, yeah, really happy to, to bring this one home. And, uh, yeah, that put us back in the championship. So that's going to be a fight again in Atlanta. Exactly. Congratulations, Matthew. Thank you. Conor de Felipe brings the number 25 BMW M Team RLL M Hybrid V8 that he shares with Nick Yellowly home to the third spot on the podium. In LMP2, it's TDS Racing who win in the number 11 car from Tower Motorsports in the number 8 and CrowdStrike Racing by Algarve Pro Racing come home on the podium again as well with the 0-4 car. In LMP3, AWA from Riley from the number 30 Junior 3 Racing. The Junior 3 Racing cars bossing the first half of the race, having qualified in first and second. It's uh, third and fourth for them at the end of the race. In GTD Pro, WeatherTech Racing and the 79 Mercedes. Daniel Hunkadea anchoring that car home. Ahead of Heart of Racing, Aston Martin, the 23 in second. And Vassa Sullivan with the Lexus RCF GT3. Uh, probably done enough, I think, for the championship. Uh, at least they may just have to start a petite, actually, uh, for that, because they did finish ahead of Corvette Racing, but certainly hands on the trophy. Phil Ellis with that bold move at the end uh, of the race for Winwood makes it a delightful double twin win for Winwood Racing this weekend in GTD and, of course, yesterday in GSGT4. Ahead of Lamborghini in second and fourth there. And Brian Sellers and Madison Snow from pole position come home in a sensible third position. Brian Sellers deciding he didn't want any part of that battle between the Lambo and the Mercedes. And wasn't that a smart move, given what we saw uh, later on uh, in the race? That will give them the championship. They don't even have to start the race at Petit Le Mans, but they will because they want to win the Michelin Endurance Cup as well. Jeremy Shaw, what a finish to the race an untidy start but what a finish to the race and championship implications all round in those classes that we've just been talking about yeah absolutely brilliant uh, i mean it was an exciting race there was action all the way through uh, incredibly 
uh, just uh, the couple of caution periods. I mean, there was the, that one uh, long, long one after which we had to sort out the, the actual positions on the racetrack after yeah. the pit stops uh, and the short one at the beginning of the race. Yeah. But other than that, it was incredibly clean. BDO uh, No Strategy Award nominations from Jeremy and Shea after we've heard from Jules Gounon, uh, part of the winning team in GTD Pro for uh, WeatherTech Racing with Daniel Hunkadea. All right, Jules, you are the first three-time winner this year and your first win here at the Brickyard in IMSA competition, but not your first win here at Indy. It's a pretty cool thing. Well, for, for Danny, at least, it's his first, uh, second win here. But your first time getting to kiss the bricks, you've watched your teammates do it before. It's going to be even better to do it now, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Today the car was fantastic, and to do it in Indianapolis is quite cool. Uh, I can kiss something else that my girlfriend will be not be jealous, which is the brick, which is really cool, and she will love hearing that. But the team just did a fantastic job today. The car was so good, and the engineer, everybody, so it's really good for us in WeatherTech. We had a difficult season in the mid mid-season, and now we are back at it, and I hope we can continue uh, in this way to uh, Petit Le Mans and end the season very good. It'll help Mercedes in the Manufacturers' Championship too, so it's good for everybody. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's uh, finally... Uh, Thank you. It's uh, finally deserved for the team after working so hard and a big fire in VAR. And so it's really a good way to bounce back and what a way to do it in Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. It's something very special. Congrats. Thank you. And Shay, what's your nomination for the BDO No Strategy Award? One nomination from any of the classes. Who's, who's it going to be for you? Uh, ooh, strategy. Um, initial thought is Paul Miller Racing. Secondary thought is Windward Racing. Sorry, I know you said one, but I've given you two. Um, if you okay. stick with me for just a second, though, I've got our LMP3 race winner, and it is Wayne Boyd, who has just walked over. He's standing on the bricks, and this is where his team has found him as he gets to take his helmet off and celebrate and know that a first trip to Indy. Wayne, you have a perfect record racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, here's Anthony Mantella. Even better. We've got both of the drivers from the number 17 AWA Motorsport LMP3. All right, Anthony, I'll start with you then. Because there's only been two LMP3 cars to win this year. You're keeping this pattern alive. What is it about winning at Daytona and Indy? It just seems to work for you at these big places. Wayne Boyd. Wayne Boyd. That's the only thing I have to say. Well, he did a heck of a job. Both of you, your first time here, 100% win record in LMP3 at Indy. That's quite a thing, too. It's all him. I just have to bring the car in clean, and that guy takes it home. Well, congratulations, because you, too, are a race winner at Indy now, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, Wayne, we want a quick chat with you. That was some serious battling out there. You had to lay down the fast laps. What is it that just seemed to make that magic happen today for AWA? Um, honestly, our car was so fast. Uh, sorry. Um, we had the fastest car on the grid, and then the team did the, the best job, honestly, and, and I, I don't think I should really take a huge amount of credit because I spun early on in the race, and, uh, and, uh, and they, uh, they got us back into uh, with the strategy, and uh, oh, so happy. I was just praying for about 40 minutes, so there was no yellow. I was like, please, Lord, no. Oh. Well, hey, congrats, and you guys get to kiss these things. Great tradition of kissing the bricks uh, for the winners in the class. Winners here at Indy. Uh, Jeremy, before we get to points and wrap up here so that we can get to Michelin Post Race Tech, your nomination for the BDO Nose Strategy Award. There's a couple of uh, teams that we talked about, uh, including 
uh, WeatherTech and Harter Racing who made that call uh, just before the yellow came out. EDS Racing uh, uh, will be a nominee for me in LMP2. They made the decision not to change their driver at the earliest opportunity. A uh, bit of a gamble there, and it worked out beautifully for them. Also, my hat's off also to BMW Team RLL. I mean, mm. they called a super strategic race for the number 25 car uh, and came home with a third-place finish. So those would be two, my two nominations. Let's see if we can grab one more interview before we wrap things up here. Shea, where have you? We've got all the winners uh, next to the uh, the yard of bricks. Uh, and I take it you're still down there. I am. I'm actually next to the part of the elevator where they take the car up onto the podium because the man who is responsible for putting all this together has just been reunited with the driver who made his car possible to win this race. Mr. Nick Tandy uh, is back here with Mr. Penske. I don't really want to cut in on this special moment for both of them, but uh, just seeing the emotion on both of their faces, John, it's a pretty special thing. I'll definitely grab them in post-race tech. Thank you, Shea. Uh, and uh, the BDO Nose Strategy Award going to BMW M Team RLL. Only third for them today, but that was, was that really a third-place car? I'm not sure it was, to be honest, but they played the cards that they were dealt. Both of their drivers did their jobs in Conor de Filippi and Nick Yellowly who started that. But a clean race and a clever race for BMW M Team RLL uh, means that they take the BMW Nose Strategy Award. Not often it goes to a GTP team, actually. So congratulations to them and we will uh, pass that on to BDO for the uh, the relevant uh, arrangements to be made for trophy presentations, etc. That's just about it from our race coverage. Stay tuned on RS2 as we'll give you the point standings uh, and all the wrap-ups and more interviews as well. Hashtag Michelin PRT at uh, IMSA Radio. It's been a great weekend here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Such a lot of effort has gone into putting this together. I'm glad you could join us for the weekend's action. And I hope you'll be with us again uh, at the next time we have IMSA action. That's at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca during Rensport for the Porsche Carrera Cup, the deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America. And then, of course, with our extended full week coverage uh, of the uh, of the. Uh, Motul Petit Le Mans uh, for 2023 starting with a special midweek motorsport on Wednesday for Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam and Brian Till who joined us for Lamborghini as well thanks for being with us Aaron you've done a cracking job my friend and thanks to Keith and everybody up at Charlotte uh, and our technical team in London Curry was on the late shift tonight we've seen it all this weekend a shuffle of the pack under yellow, people sliding and hitting the wall, people sliding and not hitting the wall, probably harder to do here at Indianapolis and Porsche, Porsche Penske Motorsport back on top, first and second with Nick Tandy uh, and Mathieu Jaminet becoming the first two-time winners in GTP this season to get awarded the points. We'll see you at Motil Petit Le Mans on behalf of the whole team. Have a great Sunday evening. Good night. God bless. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.